Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sure what the biggest news of the day is, but apparently it is that Donald Trump has been permanently banned from Twitter. They've outright removed his account. All of his tweets just gone. Memory hold, censored, out of there. And the reason I say I don't know what the biggest news story of the day is because the Democrats also announced they are going to be impeaching the president on Monday. Hmm. Things are getting just very, very weird. So we heard that Apple and Google were threatening Parler, that if they didn't overhaul their moderation uh, or, or introduce heavy moderation, they would remove Parler from the app stores. I don't know exactly what's going on, but I can tell you I pulled up the Google Play Store and Parler ain't there. So maybe it's already happened because we actually have uh, one of the experts, not to mention Ian is an expert as well, oh. on social media censorship and moderation. We've got Bill Ottman, CEO of Minds. Hey, hey. M-I-N-D-S dot com, one of these other social media platforms, which has, a, you guys have a unique approach to rule breaking and censorship and stuff, the jury system, right? You, yep. Yeah, so. Juries, I mean, why not empower the community to, to help moderate? And imagine if Facebook, Twitter, ha they took their tens of thousands of moderators and actively, actually proactively engaged with people who have mental issues or are extreme. Like, we have to realize that extreme psychology is just something that exists and we have to deal with it in a way that's not banning them off the platforms. And Cause that's that, well, cause then what happens now is they're saying you're going to get banned. Everybody goes to parlor. And so then the big companies attack the infrastructure that allows people to even find parlor. But everybody, as you know, Ian, who is a regular on the show, Hello, yes. you, we are, we, you ran moderation. Yeah, I co-founded Minds with Bill. Technically, I came in, what, six months years. after you guys had it? <laughs> no, <laughs> 2010. No, no, to 20, like a year. It was after. with the yeah. OG developer. Yeah. And um, that was really fun. It was before John got involved. And it was just me and you in John's basement, you know, yep. talking about where the future of tech's going to be in 2010-ish. Hmm. Uh, and then we went to Occupy Wall Street. I think we were all at Occupy Wall Street, actually. But you, you, uh, you were the banhammer. You were removing yeah, these, these awful and Trump supporters, just getting rid of them, saying you can't, you can't like Trump. <laughs> you got to get out of here. So the me. the way it would work is if uh, admin on Minds makes a wrong decision, then a user can appeal it, and then it goes to random twelve users who vote on it. And so we we launch a jury system to keep ourselves in check. Yeah, I you, think you got to have more than twelve people though, because like. There's this margin of error, I guess, but I understand the twelve. No, no, that that's a variable. Because like you know, you know what I see happening is not, not. First of all, I'll say that's like a, an excellent system. But I see what I see happening is look at Twitter. You know, they they keep banning Trump supporters. Eventually, the twelve people you're going to get are going to be one political ideology who are going to be like, yeah, ban him, ban him. Dude, you know what I mean? The, in the early days, it was just me. I would be sitting in a queue looking at stuff and it'd be like, okay, our policy is we only ban it if it violates the U.S. Constitution. So I have to define the u.s constitution for each post i have to like make these supreme court judgment calls on, on it was insane but, stress um, and sure. for one human to have to go but through. like you probably saw pictures where you're like that's easy gone oh yes yeah, that's there gone. were there were easy ones and there were really hard ones and and What's this is what one? they're doing but can we just say that like someone's saying go kill that guy and well that's illegal like, yeah that's no illegal. it's not imminent so imminent no they changed it they changed it from imminent to true okay. threat yeah. Who, who, who did? It had, one time we got, uh, contacted by Pennsylvania and, you know, they, they were oh, telling they us they said that legally a, true threat is the language. Right. And like, how do you know if someone's being sarcastic half the time? So like sarcasm right. is out the window. You can't oh, even, yeah. yep. sarcasm, by the way, guys, does not fly in social media and text. Yep. Do not be sarcastic in text because they will, they will 
define it as not sarcastic yep. for the sake of moderation. Absolutely. All right. All right. So, so, so we'll get into all this stuff because we're, well, you know, not to bury everything in the intro, but uh, Luke is hanging out, of course. Um, yeah. Talking about sarcasm, I just wanted to say I'm so happy that our tech overlords, unaccountable multinational corporations with unlimited power are now keeping us safe. I think, um, we all needed to be safe from, you know, words and, and sounds and, and speech from our little small little ears and our feeble minds and uh, especially words from democratically elected government officials. I feel safe just like if I would be in the matrix in that little bubble energy blanket. Luke, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg is successful. OK, yeah. it is by merit that he has gained the power to shut down the president of the United States. Yes. And I, I, I'm saying I'm so happy he did this because I'm safe from, you know, the bad words and sounds. And and, and you know, we're so safe that you don't have to go to wearechange.org and in the right top hand corner, put in your email. You could definitely follow me on all the mainline channels under We Are Change. So you got nothing to worry about. You we're think safe you, and happy and protected nice. now. Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? Guys? All right. This is all right. Great. Look. The president, there's, there's, a, there's a ton of stuff going on, but beyond all of this, I think we are looking at the exponential escalation. Joe Biden went on TV and he likened Hawley and Cruz, two sitting U.S. senators, to Goebbels. This is absolutely off the rails, and it's not a joke. What we saw yesterday, I, I have some ideas about what I think is going to happen and what I'm, what I'm really worried about, but it's going to get bad. All right, so we'll start the show. We're going to talk about Trump being banned permanently because there's a lot of there's a lot of questions here. This is a, a removal of, of of historical record. Before we could do finishing introductions, of course, don't forget Lydia's here. Pressing I all the am buttons. here. I'm pushing all the buttons over in the corner. And now that we've had that, uh, that long introduction, because everybody wanted to, you know, we we have so much to talk about. Let's just <laughs> jump to the first story from CNBC. Twitter permanently suspends Trump's account. They say the company said in a tweet it made the decision due to the risk of further incitement of violence saying after a close review of recent uh, tweets from the from real Donald Trump account and the context around them, we have permanently suspended the account due to the risk of further incitement of violence. The suspension accounts to a ban. Trump can no longer access his account and his tweets and profile picture have been deleted. Trump had 88.7 million followers prior to his suspension. Institutional accounts like POTUS and White House are still active. So what if he tweeted through at POTUS something ridiculous? Hmm. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> You don't I mean, think he's he? going to? I hope he does. He still has access to Twitter. Maybe. And he has the POTUS account. It's at P-O, you know, P-O-T-U-S. They would suspend it until Biden got inaugurated and then they'd reinstate yeah, it. I'd probably. It yeah. They say it's a step Twitter has resisted taking for all of Trump's presidency. While President Barack Obama was the first president to use Twitter, he mainly used the institutional POTUS account and did not rely on, his, uh, on it as heavily as Trump has to get his message out. Trump used his personal Twitter account to stoke supporters and even make personal cha uh, personnel changes before they can even make it to the press release. Yeah, you know what it was? This allowed Trump to bypass the media and they hated him for it. Yep. Now, I'll tell you, we got a lot of questions here. This was a historical record, the things that the president had been tweeting. But before we bring that up in those issues, let me tell you, Donald Trump, I cannot believe the biggest mistake made. And I don't necessarily blame him. He's an old guy. You know, he's not he's not social media savvy. He is pretty savvy for his age, and I'm not trying to disparage, you know, people who are older. He could have at any moment tweeted out to 88.7 million people, follow me on Parler, follow me on Minds, follow me and anywhere else. And then he could have had those 88.7 million choose to go somewhere else. In fact, just by 
posting on any of these other platforms, many people would have said, what did he say? Where did he say it? Let's go check it out. The media would be forced to cover it. He didn't do it. Now there are reports that the, uh, Donald Trump has joined Parler, and this is according to Fox News' Sean Hannity. Parler is currently being hugged to death, is what they say. What it basically means is so many people are flocking to Parler that the traffic is kind of overloading it, making it slow and hard to use. I've had no problem logging. Well, I've had a little trouble logging, but once I got logged in, it seemed like everything was fine, so they must be dealing with it. But something Trump could have done a, a long time ago. Now, I guess we should just start by talking about the historical precedence of Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg and these tech CEOs having the ability to tell the president, you cannot speak to the American people. Well, why is yeah. it that an avalanche of bans happen every time? It's just like, are, are, is there communication happening between them? Is it social pressure? Like, what do you think is really going on here? I think they're all cowards. Hmm. And then when one network says we have to remove this, all of the rest of them go, now, now it's safe for us to do. And that's. Another thing we really have to understand here is that this is a transition of power. Speech is power. And if you're not able to talk to your supporters, if you if you have a whole political party that right now is, is voiceless, that's a major step in, in what I believe in an extremely wrong direction. The last time we had censorship, uh, um, the major censorship story was, of course, the Hunter Biden story. It was wrong. They were wrong about that story. They censored it for, I believe, in my own opinion, political needs. And then it came out that, oh, yeah, the Hunter Biden story well, was true. All after along. the election. After the election. Timeline. After, of course, Joe Biden, you know, I don't even want to. You've got to be careful with our language here. Uh, After I'm, the election yeah. was called for Joe Biden, the yeah. story popped back up go. in the media. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, in my opinion, 1984 just happened today. Uh, and Wonder and Woman it, 1984? No, not that, that one. Is that <laughs> a coincidence? <laughs> Unless, of course, it was Joe Biden who yeah. grabbed the Dreamstone and said, I want to be president. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the whole world's on fire. A lot of this is being done allegedly for your safety, but let's not disguise, you know, let's not disguise no. it. Let's not lie about it. This is essentially political and cultural dominance. That's exactly what it is. It was, well, this whole system was abused before, and, and this is the continuation of that abuse I'll, of power. I'll, I'll tell you what I said. It's uh, a major political party demanding of massive multinational billion dollar corporations the removal of their political opposition it's a cultural coup they are removing their opposition from the discourse period and it's been happening for some time and this is the most dramatic escalation yeah. we saw back in what was it 2018 when they got rid of like jones and like Milo Yiannopoulos. yeah and they, they they targeted certain people that was you know a slow uptick now it is the most dramatic People, high profile personalities, not just on the right, are reporting they're losing thousands of followers. We can't actually see the, the level by which this purge is happening. The censorship is bigger than just the president, and it could be even hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think I just lost a thousand followers on Twitter myself, but mm -hmm. we, we can't say that we didn't see this coming. I mean, just even, what was it, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about this very topic and we talked about, will Donald Trump be banned? And we both agreed and said, yes, Donald Trump's going to be banned. Well, actually, Our I, timeline was wrong because we, we said after the inauguration. No, I disagreed. Yeah. I said they would lose too much money. I thought that they, you know, for like, you know, early on, I thought they would totally do it because they hate the guy. But then I started talking to people who said, you know, look at look at their user base. It was in decline before Trump. So I think someone mentioned Twitter stock went down when they banned Trump. Like, it's probably going to plummet. In my opinion, I'm not, you know, I don't own any stock in Twitter. But I imagine it would go down because Trump made that platform. Mm -hmm. So after the U.S. Capitol moment, 
that's when I knew. I was like, oh, they're gonna, they're, it's gonna yeah. be, you know, it's it, gonna be new. It didn't board. take a genius to understand that this was going to be their crisis. This was going to be the event that they use that they're gonna exploit and that they're gonna purpose, purposefully inflate as a major threat. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're doing it very disingenuously and uh, they're they're doing it on a bed of lies. And that's the, another important aspect here. Nothing good is done based on a huge foundation of lies. So we have to understand that this huge major move, this huge transition of power, all is happening under fake pretenses. And uh, it's, it's, it's worrying. They extremely. are engineering echo chambers. Yes. This is a yeah. global echo chamber. And radicalization. And radicalization. Yep. And see, the studies show evidence actually on both sides. It is true that social media can cause you to go down a rabbit hole of ideology. But it is also true that communication social media is the only way you can become de-radicalized. So there's evidence on both sides, but the overwhelming evidence shows that there's the, there's massive blowback of the censorship. Well, You're shutting down dialogue, which is our only option other than taking our only levels. option for de-escalation is communication, well, is listen. being able to hear people out and not putting people on the fringe. More people are going to be on the fringe and more people who it's, are on the fringe dude, are only going to become fringe. It's not, it's not the fringe anymore. It's when, when, when they start banning your run of the mill conservatives who voice their support for the president, you don't have to like the president. You can disagree with them. These are not like you've got a lot of regular people. And what you're doing is, we, I think we talked about this before, Bill. It's uh, actually, I think I mentioned, it, we, we talked about it on Joe Rogan. You take a regular person and he gets arrested for pot and you put him in prison with hardened criminals and you are, guess what happens to that person? Yeah. You know, you take some young person who is like, you know, first charge, they go to prison and now they're around all the, you know, burglars, robbers, murderers. And that's what you're doing. You're putting people in these environments. Yep. It's 70 million, it's 70 plus million 75. people. 75 million plus people that voted for Donald Trump. And again, last night, I, I said on this show, the censorship is about to reach levels that we have never seen before. We are here today. And again, it's only going to get worse. Sorry, example, Ian, I cut you off. No, Go ahead. it's okay, man. Brandon Strzok, I don't know if you're familiar, he does the walk no. away campaign. Hashtag yes. walk away. His campaign was banned off, off Twitter. This is like a kind hearted, good no. dude. And they he's the kind of guy that if you bust him for pot and put him in prison with a bunch of criminals, he's going to get twisted. And so... They banned him. They banned his entire Facebook page campaign of, I don't know, 50,000 people. All, all his people. All his yeah. uh, um, organizers volunteers and employees have now been banned off Twitter or off Facebook. It's in, it was a yeah. heavy hand this in is, insanity. This is, this is another thing. Books are being unpublished. There's even Democratic committees calling for no fly lists for individuals who are a part of the right. I mean, this is a new level of authoritarianism that I never, you know, you know, like it, it's here. It, it's real. I remember I had a conversation with Joe Rogan, Vajayagade, and Jack Dorsey mm -hmm. on um, the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> and um, I think and I remember the, that at one. At the end of the episode, I said, if you keep doing this, it is going to get really bad in this country. You told what them. you are doing. And then what did we see all throughout this yep. year? And what did we just see in the Capitol? And then I said, I'm going to build a van. And they all laughed, and everybody laughed. I got emails. They're like, "Oh, you crazy dude! You're gonna go build a van? Nothing's gonna happen." Ah. Where are we now? Yeah. So here's what here's what I think. I think we are not looking at a linear path of escalation. I think we're looking at an exponential path of escalation. When we went from a bunch of people in D.C., many of them breaking into the Capitol, which I think was ridiculous and <laughs> stupid. People are now dead. A cop was bashed over. That's just insane. But many of these people walked right in. There's videos where the cops opened the door. 
and, and say something. One cop says that he, he agrees with their right to protest. And as they waltz on in, some of these people are bewildered. But listen, I saw that and I thought to myself that the initial reaction will be overwhelmingly negative. Now, I think because of the mass purge, you're going to start seeing an overwhelmingly positive reaction from people who feel like they've been excised from society. So there were a lot of people posting on Twitter that they felt that their opinions were watered down out of fear of being banned. (laughs) Well, don't worry. Twitter just did the hard work for you. Now these people have been kicked off after they said they followed the rules. Not everybody did. A lot of people being banned are like, you know, advocating for some crazy stuff. But there are a lot of people who are saying things like, well, I shouldn't say anything, you know, and there's, there's a tweet saying, I think we're all holding back. They get banned. Now what? Okay, I guess there's no point anymore. So here's what I think. I think after what we saw, the immediate reaction was insane. You've got politicians like Cory Bush and AOC demanding the expulsion of Republicans that supported Trump. Simon and Schuster, a major book publisher, announced they would vi- they're breaking their contract with Senator Josh Hawley. He challenged them, saying he's going to sue him. This is, I mean, it's it's dramatic escalation where the culture is being split. People are being demonized at, a, at, at an ever increasing rate. And now we've come to the point where you actually have Joe Biden going on TV and likening two sitting U.S. senators to Nazi propagandists. This level of demonization and dehumanization is the precursor to drama- to to horrifying things. I'll, I'll, I'll spare some of the more hyperbolic words. But when you look back at history, historical civil wars, the start of major wars, this is the kind of thing that happens just before. And what do you think is going to happen when when the incoming president? announces, the Wall Street Journal reported this, sweeping new uh, domestic terror laws, Joe Biden's announced, while calling sitting Republicans, likening them to, you know, Nazi propagandists. Where do, what do you think the demonization will lead to, the demands for expulsion? Do you think that the Republicans are going to be like, we're so sorry, Democrats? No, they're, these, the supporters are being forced into a totally different echo chamber reality where people are angry. We had David Cross tweet that he wanted blood. Whether, whether it was a joke or whatever yeah, the point was. Yeah, we don't was. know. That's the problem. Don't, don't know. Don't care. Sarcasm doesn't work on the internet, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not in it, text. It it's right. similar to with Sasha Baron Cohen being, you know, Anti-Semitic so pro- and crazy. It, it, yeah, it's like, don't you understand that comedians need to be protected too? This is coming for you. Yeah, yeah. people don't understand. People on the left, you're going to be affected by this sooner or later. As soon as your paths cross the establishment and the talking points and the narrative that they want to push, I don't care who you are. It could even happen to BLM. BLM still hasn't, you know, I don't think had their meeting, had their meeting with Biden. Last I saw in a few couple days, I don't know if I may stand corrected here, but anyone could stand in the way of this big, unaccountable totalitarian monster monster that holds one of the biggest sacred powers in the world. One of the things that makes America great more than any other place in the world is our free speech. Once you get rid of that, once you limit that, once you stop allowing people the ability to freely communicate with each other, we are in uncharted territories where it is ripe for abuse. So uh, the heartbreaking thing, Tim, that you kind of alluded to is that regular Democrats and Republicans cannot even speak to each other. They, you know, families are being torn apart. There is there is a, a tweet from a young woman ratting out her mom for being at a protest. I think the precursor protest, not the one at the Capitol, but the night before saying, this is my mom. Here's her name. Here's my dad. And then the mom got fired. That's crazy stuff. They're they're breaking up families. Do you see the USA 
today uh, article where they put out 29 pictures of people that were at the Capitol. Yes. Like, if yeah. you can help us find their names and phone number, give us their information and help us find these criminals. Remember, remember when Andy No just tweeted out, this individual has been arrested? And the left said he is creating kill lists and doxing people. And they started smearing him and attacking him. And now media across the country is putting up people's names saying, find them, find them. Sure, criminals, people accused of committing crimes, by all means, send your tips. But I'm talking about the double standard. Andy No would simply be like, the police arrested this individual. And then they would attack him for it. Then you get the media coming out now saying, we don't know who these people are, what they were doing. In fact, what if some of these people were credentialed journalists? Hmm. Elijah Schaefer, for instance, of Blaze TV, a reporter, was getting attacked relentlessly by people on social media. I'll admit, some of his tweets were a little bombastic. He had one tweet where he called it a revolution. Okay, dude, chill. But he is a credentialed member of the press who works for the Blaze TV. He got banned by Facebook, probably because of these hit pieces. And then only after I think Glenn Beck came out and said what, you know, and complained about it, they re- reinstated him. That's the danger of publishing a face and then saying, find him. Because we all saw what happened after the Boston bombing on Reddit, when all these good hearted Redditors said we must find these criminals and they ended up doxing random innocent people. That's the problem. So you have Andy No. Here's the person whose picture they were arrested on this charge and they threaten him and they attack him and they accuse him of doxing and he's a villain. He's a bad guy. Now the media is totally on board. Totally okay with going even beyond that and saying, identify these people. And they're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing, you know, they're publishing names. And here's the problem. There's no actual empirical data or evidence that shows what they're doing is making the world a safer place. In hmm. fact, the opposite. And so what we're actually trying to do is on a, on a 10-year basis, A-B test, A-B test, a strategy, and see who can have a higher rate of de-radicalization. Here's the thing. We are going to be able to prove that we have a higher rate of de-radicalization on minds because you cannot de-radicalize someone that you have just banned. Their rate right. of de-radicalization will be zero. And it I, will s- be- I, I say this all the time. If, if you have somebody who, who's do, who does bad things and then one day they come out and they apologize, accept their apology. I mean, maybe not the second or third time. You know, it's up to you. But if someone's like, you know, I shouldn't have been doing those things. Please accept my apology. You say, yes. Please come join us doing the right thing. If you don't, they'll say that I have no opportunity but to go to anyone who will be willing to accept me. So if you've got someone who makes hate speech and they're, you know, they're going on Twitter and they're saying rabble, rabble and offensive words and you decide the best way to get rid of them is to ban them. The only place they can go is to where everyone agrees with them and they're allowed to, you know, say whatever they want. If you truly don't want them to believe these things, the best thing you can do is talk to them like that woman from the Westboro Baptist Church. That was on Twitter, right? People started reaching out to her, and then she flipped from being a member of this this church to being like, hey, that was wrong. I shouldn't have been saying these things. People really changed my mind and were nice to me. But I don't think they want this. This, this, this is what I, th- I think, you know, I, I, in, in my opinion, I think they want the, the violence. Ted Cruz came out and said, we all need to put the anger aside and come together. And AOC responded by saying, no, you should be expelled from Congress. Okay, well, that's just going to make things worse. He, he literally said, can we put the anger aside and come together? And you attacked him for it to score brownie points on the Internet or whatever, I guess. So then Ted Cruz has no opportunity whatsoever to come together with anyone. So they won't. And then his followers won't either. And then the hyperpolarization continues. CNN getting nine million you know, viewers, their biggest ever. And you have this handoff between Cuomo and Don Lemon where they're scoffing and insulting and berating and degrading instead of being calm and serious. Even Shep Smith, get that off the TV. We're not showing this. That's not true. 
That is not how you handle conflict. These people have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, the only answer to bad speech is good speech. And if you right. start to limit it, you again, putting people on the fringe and, and you're starting to expand it. I remember during the kind of infancy of the internet and kind of growing up in that day and age and thinking, this is absolutely incredible. This is an amazing tool that allows people to speak to each other. And then I realized, just like any kind of great technological advancement, it's a tool, it's a weapon, it's a sword, and it has blades that go both ways. And just like it has the potential to help people, it has the potential to hurt a lot of people and now we're seeing a huge backswing i remember i remember warning about this all the way back in 2008 i have we are change videos on my channel warning in 2008 saying hey they're they're already starting to turn on turn on the boilers the the water is starting to get warm here and they and look what they did here they did it very methodically they did it very slowly they didn't just ban everyone all at once they started well, starting to actually now now, yeah, now it's like a wave the, the, we're seeing the first bubbles in that pot now we're starting to turn it. a little bit of a different color. It's too Listen, late. Yeah. Here's, what I, here's, what I, here's what I want y'all to understand. What Twitter is doing, what Facebook is doing and YouTube is doing is actually diminishing their ability to control anything and will result in substantial chaos. If there are 100 people in a room and you have rules and some of those people break the rules, then you can slowly start to remove some of those people or you can compromise and say, here's what we'll accept and here's what we won't. And what happens is, if you decide to ban 10 people, now you have 10 people in one room and 90 in the other, and you have no say over what those 10 people are doing. We're, we're going to come to the point where Twitter has half of the people in one room and half in the other, and then it's going to be two equal size rooms with no control over the other side, no ability to influence or de-radicalize or communicate at all. And that's when the clash happens. And the chilling effect, you, you're talking about friends who are just deleting all their posts because they're scared they're going to get banned now. Yeah. And I mean... The, the the psychological impact that it has just on the people who are allowed to be there. And Snowden has brought this up with, you know, how surveillance impacts your 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 brain and how you want to communicate. He when said you know today is a major turning point in history. That says Snowden. Words. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No. Yeah. But it's just the, the, the chilling effect in the the mass sort of social psycho psychological implications that this has like in, in, in the herd mentality when everybody's posting like either in support of it or against it. But like at the end of the day, all that matters is data. What actually works? And they're not publishing. Has to know they this. know this. They know this. They have to be able to see that what they're doing is making things worse. And they, they have to know this. There, there's no way. They've seen it before. They've banned people before. They've seen the reaction. And they have to, you know what it is? Maybe they don't have the data from external platforms. But I'll tell you this. Anyone with a brain can take a look at the bannings they did and then the chaos that ensued yesterday and be like, hey, remember two years ago when you banned all these people? How did that work for you? Now they're on parlor and you have no control at all. You've given it up. You've said, go do your thing. They could have compromised. Yeah. Well, now, we, well now, now we have the next level of how uh, insane this gets. Confirmation from Axios. Google suspends Parler from App Store after deadly capital violence. This is not going to stop it. It's, it's a simple APK download. Okay. Google takes it out of the Play Store and then they put it up on their website. So when you open your phone and you go to parlor.com, eventually at some point, I assume it'll say download the APK. You'll click it. Boom. You got it. What does removing it from the Play Store do? It slows things down significantly. I mean, you think we, we were suspended from Google Play and App Store for like six months. Yeah. yeah. So you go to minds.com slash mobile and get the mobile app. Now you can get the APK or you can get us in the app stores. But like, you know, that hurt us and it, it, it will hurt parlor. And you know, that it's, 
And the thing is that it's become too polarized. It's like the left, you know, Twitter, the left wing social network, parlor, yeah. the right wing social network. It's like it, it need, we need from a high level at the companies to be having serious conversations, National. live streaming and saying, how are we going to bring this community together? How are or, we going to deal with these people? Or nationalized social media. Or a and globalized then, one. One that follows the U.S. Constitution that we create. I mean, it will be globalized. It can be anybody yeah, in the world we, can use it. And it will follow the U.S. Constitution. Yes. I don't think they would ever. And ever. an app we need, a website, social network that does it. And we need um, an ISP that follows the U.S. Constitution that's not a private company. So let, let me read a little bit of this. They say, quote, in order to protect user safety on Google Play, our longstanding policies require that apps displaying user-generated content have moderation policies and enforcement that removes egregious content like posts that incite violence. Jose Castaneda, a Google spokesperson, said, in light of this ongoing and urgent public safety threat, we are suspending the apps listing from the Play Store until it addresses these issues. What does that mean? Uh, you're not allowed to incite violence on Parler. They'll ban you for it. No, no joke. In fact, Parler's got very strict rules. My understanding is that they, they operate on what's called like a broadcast standard, meaning you actually can't like you can't say certain things that are free speech. And that's the, and that's the way they run their platform. I mean, it's it's a Gab 2.0 situation, basically. And, and the problem, you know, free speech policies, every network should have. But like the fact that there there's you know, there are privacy issues and transparency issues with Parler. I'm just going to, you know, be upfront about that. Like their code is not open source. You can't see their algorithms. If you're listening, guys, open source your code. Like networks have to be open source. Otherwise, think, it's not viable in the long term. I think uh, the, 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 I don't know if the Fediverse is the answer. We've talked about it before, but some kind of decentralized, federated net social network. The way it would work, it's very simple. This is how the Fediverse works, is that you don't have to use Parler. You would use just, you know, Fediverse apps, a regular old app you download, and then you, you sign into your server or their server or whatever server, and it connects all the different companies into one social media system. Yeah, the Fediverse is great. It's, it's the activity pub protocol, which Mastodon uses, which, um, many sites are integrating. Uh, there's another, another one, Polaroma. We're working on activity pub integration. Been, it's taken way too long for us to do it, but. It's a great protocol. Is, the, the problem, the problem with it though, is that when you subscribe to someone on another node, you, the comment threads don't work. Right. It's, it's just like, it's, so it's sort of messy. It's still good and it's a step in the right direction, but it's not truly decentralized social media because, you know, the admins can still ban the whole, you know, the ban, node. They, yeah. they, they can cut off, like, if there was a networked, you know, gab connected to mines, you know, one platform could cut off the other platform. Right. Yeah. Well, the idea is, is preliminary, I suppose. But how do we get to the point where if I choose to follow the president for his updates, no one can take that away ever? I think they call it Internet 2.0. The Tron network was working on something like well, that. Well, that's but what we integrated with with the PermaWeb, with the Arweave blockchain. Basically, you have the option when you post to post to the PermaWeb. We, you know, obviously, you don't want every post to be permanent. But the reality is that we're moving into a blockchain decentralized world. And that that is a little bit scary. But So Ethereum is going to skyrocket. Ethereum. Yeah, I just bought some. 32. But uh, you, you bring up a blockchain. I think what a lot of people need to realize is that the, a lot of these networks that use crypto, they're built off of the Ethereum cryptocurrency. And there are some other amazing decentralized social networks like uh, Scuttlebutt is fully decentralized. It's sort of like techy and, and, and tough to use, but it's, it is fully decentralized. So it's on your machine, everything. 
Um, you, yeah. So ahead. regarding the Arweave yeah. network, if you were to post something um, on the Arweave blockchain and then you owned that post and it was there forever, could it then generate crypto tokens for every view that it accrued? That's not how their system works, but I mean, theoretically, you could build whatever you want. I remember at Burning Man, some people started to do peer-to-peer uh, Bluetooth communications. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I, w- I was on a, a cruise and they told everyone when you come on to download this app. I forgot what it was called. But you turn on Bluetooth, and then this is the craziest thing. You could walk past one person, and all the data is being transmitted from, like, my app to their app. And then when they walk past another person, it bounces to, like, five more mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And then created this mesh internet yep. where if I was standing 10 feet from you, you were 10 feet from me, and Ian was 10 feet from, you know, you know Bob Smith. And then Bob Smith sent a message. It would relay through everyone to Absolutely. me. Yeah, that's local amazing. networks. That's yeah. and that that's really important for countries that don't have serious infrastructure. Yeah. Well, uh, also in the United Kingdom, when rock and roll was banned, what they started to do is literal pirate ships. They had ships that would broadcast uh, rock and roll. Uh, oh, I saw that movie. And, oh, yeah, yeah, pirate yeah, yeah, radio. Yeah, yeah pirate radio. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, there's whole movies about this. Uh, you know, censorship throughout history is, is something that is more common than not uh, than uncommon. So we have to understand, uh, you know, this is a going towards a trend that that I don't want to be on. Well, so here's here's what's going to happen. The, the left controls the cultural institutions. So a political coup, in my opinion, is totally meaningless. It, it is. What we're seeing right now is, uh, actually, I'll, I'll step back. As they say, politics downstream from culture. Mm-hmm. By getting rid of all of the voices that can, you know, uh, propagate certain ideas, those ideas cease to exist. That's it. They're gone. They've been slowly and methodically removing certain ideas and certain yep. people from these platforms. And they've been doing it for a very long time. And I remember they were doing it to individuals that I didn't like. I didn't agree with. I didn't identify with. I was like, yeah, I don't like these guys too. But, but I don't think their voice should be censored. And I've been saying that consistently from the very beginning. But they used our own fears, our own emotions against us to justify it slowly and surely. And now we're here today. I think the Uh, argument is it can't be stopped. Like, it is downstream from culture and the technology. So we need a technological revolution that will prevent anyone from being able to do that. It is happening, but that's why it's crazy Bitcoin's hitting all-time highs today. I mean, that is the decentralized infrastructure for the new system. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, what does a a Bitcoin get you in terms of that system, though? Like, Bitcoin can't do... You can do things on top of Bitcoin as well. There are projects that are trying to build layer two solutions on top of different blockchains. This is the thing. It's an encryption peer-to-peer technology, and it's, it's something new like the printing press. So when the printing press came out, everyone in the beginning was like, oh, this is nothing. This is an old machine. This is not going to do anything. But, but it revolutionized the way people gathered information. Bitcoin is revolutionizing the way people transact. And just like the internet, double-edged sword could go either way, could go towards the total Venezuelan, Russian cryptocurrency track, trace, and database system, or it could go towards a decentralization, liberty, sovereignty, freedom uh, technology me, that helps people be individuals, helps people be secure, and most most importantly, helps people be private. Let me let me tell you about the radicalization of the left in this country. In 2016, I did an interview with Oliver Darcy when he was working at Business Insider. He's now at CNN on Reliable Sources. The interview was because I tweeted out defense of alt-right white nationalists who were being removed from Twitter. Now, these people weren't saying, you know, uh, inciting violence. These were people who are posting nasty opinions I didn't like. These are people who don't like me at all because of who my, my, because of my family's, you know, regional heritage. I'll put it that way. 
And so Oliver Darcy asked me, like, what are, you, what are your thoughts? And I said, it's a slippery slope. You start removing people because you don't like these ideas, then eventually they're banning the left. That was Oliver Darcy. Recently, so the past day or so, he advocated for cable providers to ban Fox News, OAN, and Newsmax because they spread lies. Talk about a dramatic change from where he was only four or so years ago when he was interviewing me because he thought it was newsworthy. I said, we must have free speech, even for those we don't like. I am still standing here on the same hill saying we must have free speech for those we don't like. Otherwise, you create conflict. And he now has gone so far that not only is he advocating for the removal of entire cable channels, he's contacting AT&T and Verizon and Comcast and saying, will you remove them? You're responsible, etc." You're allowed to yeah. spread lies in the United States. Well, it's protected. Again, that's still absolutely unhinged, dangerous behavior that corporations who want more power with little fleeing individuals coming to them, coming to them saying, please take away all my rights, take away everything, take away the most important right of what my ears could listen to. Of course, they're going to be like, yes, give it to me. I'll be your overlord daddy. Come on here. And again, we've seen this coming for a long time. One of the major criticisms against Donald Trump within the last few years is that he's not making a stand against free speech. He's not making a stand against the First Amendment. Many of his critics... What do you mean a stand against? Do you mean standing up for? Standing up for yeah. the, the First Amendment. Standing up for free speech. And, and it's interesting to see Laura Loomer tweet this out today. She said, uh, according to uh, a Telegram post, at least Trump can still order a sandwich on Uber Eats, though. For Good now. For I can't for say now. the same, sadly. So again, uh, this has been happening to a lot of his core supporters. We, you know, a, a, again, and you know, it's, you know, you know, you know, the interesting Laura Loomer was was beyond the canary in the coal mine. I mean, this was like someone yelling, "The the coal mine is full of carbon monoxide. Get out now!" And the Republicans weren't smart enough to to push through legislation while they had the chance. So did Loomer get taken off the Stripe or the uh, the the was it the Swift payment system? She got banned from the global payment you system. You love the Swift. I don't. I don't. I don't. Swift. I've never heard anything about that. Swift is like the, pay, the global whole, payment yes, yes, system. Yes, yes, I get it. I get it. But, 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 but when, when did you ever hear anything like that? No. Why can't she use money? Who banned her? What do you mean? Her? What are you talking about? Laura Loomer can't. Uber use, Eats. She oh, specifically Uber banned her. Not PayPal. You can't get banned from not her finance. No, she was she was banned. I believe from those platforms as well. But not Swift. That is nothing. Are you that's, sure you can't be put on a blacklist? A Swift. You probably, blacklist? probably. Maybe. I mean, Mastercard reached out to Patreon over uh, yeah. this guy. Yes. What was his name? Uh, Robert Spencer. I think so. Yeah. He. Yeah. They. they wrong uh, Spencer. Yeah. Uh, what? It was the wrong Spencer. It wasn't no. Richard Spencer. No, yeah, Robert. Robert. Spencer. Yes. And and what do you mean the wrong Spencer? He was the person they were targeting on purpose. He's a, he writes about. Jihadis. Oh, that's right. That's right. He yeah. writes about radical Islam, and Mastercard got angry. And said to Patreon, remove him, otherwise we'll cut off services and to your system. I think MasterCard was forced to do that by Swift. I could be wrong about that. I mean, this is actually a historic day. Yeah. I think we actually have to zoom out and yes. let it sink in for a second. Yeah. I mean, hmm. This is the corporate takeover of, I mean, the corporate, this proves corporations have more power than the government. Then the right sitting point. U.S. Private president. corporations have just removed the speech of the sitting U.S. president. Yep. Michael, Michael Tracy has a comment here that I think is really timely. He says, quote, corporate left liberals are desperate for revenge. They will use all powers at their disposal, public and private, to neutralize their purported insurrectionist enemies. And they absolutely do not care one bit what civil liberties are destroyed in the process. It's just, That's what Michael don't, Tracy says right He's being too divisive. I don't want to He's think right. of this as left and right. But it's why just, feeding it, it, this yeah, organism? It, it is. It's not though. It's yes, way it more than two sides. It's it's a bunch of people with a bunch of different ideas. But it is very frustrating that Trump didn't facilitate a 
cross spectrum conversation more directly. Like he had the opportunity. Yeah. And it seems like he really did not bring the people. Wait, Bill, you and I were in the White House at the social media event. Yeah. You're the CEO of, of a company he could be using. And someone said, will you just use another platform? He said, which one? Which one? Yeah, I don't know. D- Donald Trump and Joe Biden and all the progressive, both sides. We have to constantly be disclaiming that we need both sides. Yes. There's no would, network without both sides. Would you consider sides. using Minds Tech for a government program that we could? Yeah, use they like can a, use it. Hey, call me up, government. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like make your own. Yeah. Social network with the Minds software that could integrate with Mind, the Minds Node as a proof of concept. Absolutely. I mean, the government just, just um, okayed banks running Bitcoin and Ethereum nodes, which is a very big yeah. deal. What we're seeing, unfortunately, is tribalist divide. There's not just two factions, there's hundreds and probably thousands, but there are two overarching parent factions. Of these these overarching parent factions, we just typically refer to them as left and right, but that means very little. For instance, how is it that Tim Pool, who's economically left and even socially left, is considered right wing? Because I believe in freedom, free speech, liberty, principles, integrity, etc. That is not something that exists, for the most part, among the left. What the left believes in is, for one, what did we see from Cuomo on CNN during the riots? He said, who says protests have to have to be peaceful, right? Hmm. And then ramen guy comes out and says it's right there in the First Amendment. Mr. Cuomo, he's got to look it up. Then then you get Jake Tapper and CNN saying, oh, I can't believe what they're doing. When the riots happened, I said, those riots are bad. When the riots of the Capitol happened, I said, those riots are bad. There is principle. And not I'm not saying everybody on the right has it. I'm saying it's not something typically of the left. It is a tendency. I can't take the right and the left stuff, dude. It's the Chinese, fact. the Chinese used the rightists. This was the com- Mao's communist takeover was against the rightists. They focused on dividing people into these camps and then targeted, used them against yes, each other. But what you need to understand is the divide is a real thing, well, not made up a, by it's, someone it's talking. It's a many fractionalized divide of many millions of different concepts at once. And to just think that we're in different camps of of types is crazy. No, Are conservatives it's, right now calling for the removal of their political opponents from major platforms? That's not a conservative move. It's a no. very liberal move. Exactly. And it's only coming from what we colloquially refer to as the right. There are some on the left, liberals and progressives, people like Glenn Greenwald, but now they call him alt-right and Matt Taibbi and Michael Tracy. But who does? I don't. There's, there's, there are two tribes. You can call them tribes A and B, one or two. Why two? It doesn't matter. Where, where, where are these two? They are the overarching parents to numerous it, other tribes. Yeah, you have because, to use like, words, Ian. Yeah, I will. And is it because there's Democrat and Republican, two power parties, so we say then there's left and there's right? Two it's, power it's a cultures. reference to the French Revolution, to those who sat on the left and those who sat on the right. Yes. And those on the right were, you know, moderates, and those on the left were radicals who wanted revolution. I think it's so dangerous to get into that mindset. Well, using but more specific language thing. is actually very I'm not important. going to sit here and say the socialists, the anarchists, the communists, the tankies. Every just time. use their names, man. Every, Don't no. blame their group for what they did. If someone does something, they're responsible for that. It is a tendency among all of the factions on both sides to hold certain ideals and principles. They don't completely agree with each other. The left fights themselves all the time. On the right, you have people who are awful and white nationalists who would defend Donald Trump and the left doesn't. But that is not the over, overwhelmingly, uh, that is not overwhelmingly the majority 
or even a large portion of what the right represents. In fact, the alt-right and the white nationalists actually agree with the left on a ton of left-wing policy issues. The point is, when it comes to the cultural debate, there are two parent factions. Fine. We won't say left and right. We'll say one and two. There you go. You're not one or two, dude. I know. Yeah, but right. There's more than one and two. What you but say? but pragmatically, Ian, you have to use words in order to have a conversation. It's like yeah. saying, but just really are quick, you going to vote Republican or Democrat this time? Well, that yeah, absolutely. You should be talking about all the options. There's some initial yeah. reports. I haven't been able to independently verify this, but uh, we're hearing that President Donald Trump was trying to use the POTUS account and that he was tweeting from it, but Twitter removed the tweet instantaneously wow. that it happened. Again, uh, that's just some of the reports that are coming in right now from the at POTUS account. Now, the POTUS account is still active. The latest allegations and reports that are coming in now that I have not verified is that he did tweet, and it was deleted by Twitter. That would be a shadow now. Man, so that's man. what I'm hearing right now um, is, is happening. Who, who's, who's reporting that, though? Uh, any, hold on, any? I just had it here. I just uh, went up here. I'm, I already saw, like, three people tweet it. Um, well, we'll search for it and we'll see what we can find. So he's been uh, purportedly are... shadow banned on his other account. Well, it's not his account. It's our account. Yes, we have people. images here. Josh Kaplan, a verified Twitter user. He is a homepage editor for Breitbart News. Tweets, Twitter deletes series of tweets presumably written by President Trump on the POTUS account following the permanent ban of his account. Wow. He tweeted 829 p.m. today. As I've been saying for a long time. Twitter has gone further and further in banning free speech. And tonight, Twitter employees have coordinated with the Democrats and the radical left in removing my account from their platform to silence me. And you, the 75 million great patriots who voted for me, Twitter may be a private company, but without the government's gift of Section 230, they would not exist for long. I predicted this would happen. We have been negotiating with various other sites, and I will have a big announcement soon. While we also look at the possibilities of building our own, building out our own platform in the near future. We will not be silenced. Twitter is not about free speech. They are all about promoting a radical left platform where some of the most vicious people in the world are allowed to speak freely. Stay tuned. This did yeah. come from the president to the POTUS account, yeah. and it has been removed. And another thing that we're hearing is that he might give a publicly televised address soon. But the thing is, who's going to hear it? Because when we saw during the election, many news organizations just cut him out. They said, no, we're not going to play the president's address. We're just going to stop it here. What the president is saying is wrong. We don't agree with it. And there was huge editorializing, even on Fox News, interrupting the president saying, no, this is one reason, second reason, third reason why the president is wrong. What's going to happen if he does a national address now? I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll will tell anyone you hear I, it? I'll tell you, you know, you know what, I, what I'm worried about? Before the mass purge they just pulled off. I think many people were willing to accept that Trump had finally been defeated. Mike Cernovich, for instance, one of the most prominent Trump supporters ever in the Trump era, he put up a poll and he said, did Donald Trump concede? Yes, no, unsure, show me the results, something like that. And around 25% said no. Donald Trump made a video where he said there will be a new administration and we will peacefully transition. I made a video. Trump de confirms defeat. Mike Pence certifies Joe Biden. Trump said it. I don't know what else you're supposed to take from that. But many Trump supporters, around 25% of Mike Cernovich's, you know, polled, said he didn't concede. Mike responded by saying, to those who believe this, I love you. Please un unfollow people who have made you believe this. Go home to your loved ones. They miss you. And, you know, it's time to stop. Essentially, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He's right. There are people who are ardent and prominent Trump supporters who are saying, guys, please, please, enough. Okay? Trump has said he's lost. It's over. Then they do this. 
Then Twitter comes out and does this and they do more and they do more. Now they're purging people left and right. And I think many of those people who are probably like, yeah, you know, that was probably Dom at the Capitol and I guess it's over. Now they're enraged. Now they're angry. You, you took the, like, it's, it's like, here's how I imagine it. You've got a guy at a bar, right? And he's, he's, he's disparaging you. And then you're about to fight. And then he goes, you know what? You know what? I'm not doing this. I'm out of here. He turns around and walks away. So you throw a, a, a can at his head. And then he turns around and says, that's it. That's what we had. People were right. Not, not everybody was walking away for sure. A lot of people were saying crazy things, but a lot of people were like, all right, all right, walking away. And then Twitter was like, not yet. Mm. Whipped him in the head. And then they turned around, and now I think they're going to explode. And now my concern is, after seeing this, there is real fear about multinational corporations shutting down the president. It should not be allowed, in my opinion, by U.S. law, that our executive, our chief executive, could be shut down on a major communication platform that has essentially seized the commons in terms of communication. This is a major power grab. We have to understand historically when an entity or a force go after power and they get it, they go after more. You know, there's an expression, if you give your pinky, you're going to give up your whole hand eventually. Give an inch to take a mile. Exactly. So so this is a slippery slope. This is the snowball that's been happening ever since 2008. And it's been snowballing and it's getting big and it's only going to get bigger because who's going to stand in the way? Who's going to promote free speech? Who's going to uphold it? Who's going to protect it? What institutions are out there that could actually make a stand here? I don't see Fox News doing that at all. I don't see any other website. All of the means of communication have been hijacked and are in the hands of special me, interests me, and, and few people. Is there any hope, guys? Let me, let, 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 yeah. me, let me tell you something. When Trump won, there were a lot of Trump supporters being mean and snide and mocking and belittling as people screamed and cried and memes went crazy. And now we're seeing the same. We're seeing a lot of the same on the other side. But now it's not coming from random people on the Internet. It's coming from CNN. We have Asha Rengapa. She is, I, I'm pretty sure, I mean, make sure, yes, FBI, uh, former FBI special, a- special agent and CNN analyst said, I'm not even going to screenshot what he's tweeting from the POTUS account. Twitter has already taken it down, but boo-boo mad. This is the kind of dismissive and insulting hmm. and humiliating, humiliating uh, co- uh, content coming from prominent institutions, which will trigger mass rage. I don't care if random Twitter user 123 tweets nasty things at me. I don't care. I don't know who you are. I don't care to make YouTube videos about random Twitter users who say dumb things. But when it's someone who works for a major cultural institution or polit- or politics and they have power and influence, I think it needs to be talked about and called out. They disagree. And the funny thing is this is actually a left-wing principle. They say don't punch down. Then why is it that mainstream media is punching down, calling regular Americans stupid, mocking the way they live, mocking the, w- the way they work, mocking their lives. Now I get it. Mocking the president is not punching down. By all means, mock him. My concern is when CNN comes out and attacks the people who are angry. You can't also another thing. You can't really fight fascism with fascism. Like that's something also a lot of people need no, to realize here. Uh, you can. Except those who don't like fascism are going to be really angry about it. You're going to get fascism. That's, well, that's but, the thing. But, but right, right. Listen, if authoritarian leftists want authoritarianism and they just don't want authoritarian rightists to win, well, then there you go. I don't authoritarianism think they, is the battle. I don't think a lot of people realize the larger kind of implications here. I don't think a lot of people realize uh, where this is going and the historical precedent that this is setting as well. To augment what you said, Luke, you can fight fascism with fascism, but you can't defeat fascism with fascism. Yes. Good, good way to put yeah, it. Good. To, to, or, or that's better. You yeah. can fight fascism with if 
in, in a fascism fight, all you'll get is fascism. Mm-hmm. There you yeah. go. So to talk a little bit about the fact checking, stra- quote unquote, fact checking strategies at Facebook and Twitter, like what they're doing is basically bringing in a small group of think tanks and it's, 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 it's not a real system. So what we're actually talking about doing is working with, uh, this group ground.news. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They, mm-hmm. for every article, they, their algorithm grabs all the articles and shows on both sides and they sort of, are doing the best, it seems, good faith effort to show all the coverage on both sides. And so that when you're scrolling down your feed, you can get context to what you're seeing. And, and I, you know, that's where we need to be going, giving people access to all of the data around the post so that they have the most information, not just saying this is true Twitter. or this is false. Facebook knew what they were doing. Facebook knew early on that they were feeding Ex, you know, uh, hyperpartisan content to different sides. In fact, there are some news organizations that knew this too and created two different versions of their content because one would feed to the left and one would feed to the right. And there was a thing they would do. It's just general journalism A-B testing where they'll write an article and in some regions they would use certain titles, different in other regions, total different framing to see how it would perform to maximize the amount of ads they would get, the amount of clicks they would get, and in turn the revenue. Because they knew that somebody who lived in Texas would probably see, you know, rather see an article that says Nancy Pelosi is bad. And the people lived in San Francisco probably would like to see Nancy Pelosi good. They were doing like experiments on users, Facebook, oh, ones, yeah. where, yep. where they would feed them emotionally charged uh, articles to, to see if it would produce more clicks. My amaze. Now they've got, uh, uh, you know, an artificial intelligence or whatever this this algorithm is that's private you know, tweaking and, and deciding what people see and, yep. and what what gets flagged. So I'll tell you, you know, you know who our government really is? It's the robots. It's who's controls the narrative. Yeah, it's well, what no, is no, it's the to, AI. to govern is the control, the mind control Listen, of the system right now. If if Facebook uses an AI to feed content to people, they're think feeding it. To it might themselves. be a machine learning. I'm well, not right, sure. Right, 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 right. Listen, OK, speaking colloquially, Facebook creates an algorithm that feeds certain content. All that matters is, uh, this is what I've said, Jack Dorsey has swallowed so much of his own refuse, I think he's actually been radicalized by what he's created. If you look at him compared to where he was when Twitter launched to where he is now, he's a dramatically different person. And why does he believe the things he believes? He created a platform that incentivizes rage content, and then he started eating that content, which changed his brain. And then he had the keys to the castle, went in and changed more of the platform to keep feeding into that. It's an insanity loop. He, if, if, if he created it, it radicalized him. And then he sold it. And then he made it crazier and God crazier to who. fit his new radicalized mind. Yep. Think about what he said in the beginning. We're the free speech wing of the free speech party. Hmm. But that was just a joke. Think about what I said to him when I said, your misgendering rule is ideological because conservatives don't, uh, don't understand that view they have a totally different worldview but he couldn't see it because he had been swimming in the refuse he created yep and he didn't just create it he made the world crazier in the instant that you brought it up but also another aspect to understand here mental health has been in decline ever since we saw the rise of social media many people say that is a massive correlation that's another way that it impact people with depression suicides and a lot of other mental health defects that are skyrocketing right now as we're speaking so so if you go out you know on an average day if you talk to a neighbor or, or if you talk to a stranger 
they're not as crazy as they are online. You, you will talk to a random oh, person. You have a lot more in common. You used to, but used now it's to. becoming less and less used rare. To. But on, no, on more on average, more on average, if you go out there, if you talk to your neighbor, you're more likely to get along with them than not. The world is not as crazy as it was purported, but the reporting of it as being as crazy makes it crazy. I, I think that's how it used to be. I think you, I think you're wrong now. Well, I think this the, the the radicalization of social media has now led to people just outside at random being tribalized and radicalized, and and not to mention yeah. people will barely talk to each other because they have a mask on their face, and it's right. like a whole mm-hmm. other level of yes. isolation in your own house. So even if you're not on on social media, you you're yeah. not even, you're when not going out and comes being over social. And I'm like, Does yeah. he want to? Is he going to shake my hand? Am I allowed to touch this guy's hand? Right. It's so weird. Or think about when you're in uh when you're when you're in a city where there's a political event going on and they think you look like a Trump supporter or they think you look like Antifa. You know, where can you walk based on how you how you appear? Imagine walking around New York City wearing actually people have done this. Walk around LA wearing a MAGA hat, see what happens. Blair White did it, she got attacked. I would say a, a fingernail ripped off. A lot of the chaos today and the mental health issues comes from text and tr- people tr- attempting to communicate through text, which is a new form of communication with humans. They used to send letters before that, before you know, written language, they, they all communicated with, with words and sounds. And, and we've lost so much touch of our ability to communicate with our words. I find I have so much, um, you know, faith and, and love for people that make internet video because you speak your mind with your words and your sound and your vibration. And it's completely different than etching something onto a stone for someone else to yes. attempt to interpret it. But, interpret- but, but even like, uh, this is one of the reasons we don't do Skype here. And we never, first of all, we're not set up for it. There could be maybe some exception in the future, but we don't because it doesn't work. Even hearing their voice, you got to see their face. You have to be able to, I, I interrupted you, Ian. You know what I mean? I did. I did notice that. Yes. To, to jump in and make that point. Good. That's that what we're supposed you, to do. You can't do that on a Zoom In text, call. it wouldn't work. What, because the digital overlap, a lot of times there's a problem. I mean, time delay. delays and the, the awkwardness of, you know, you're staring at a camera, you're not staring at a screen, you don't see their face. People don't realize that. They think when you're, when you're doing a Skype debate or a Zoom call that you can see each other's face and look into each other's eyes. No, you have a camera. When I, go, when, I, when I would do a Fox News or, say, in the past, when I did go on MSNBC or some of these other networks, I'm staring into a black hole. That's it. I don't see myself. I don't see them. And you know what the worst thing about these cable networks is? You can never hear anything. They give you, I, I just a delay. Yeah, you get yeah, an earpiece. You get yeah. an earpiece and it's so quiet and you're like, can you turn it up? I can't hear anything. And then they're like, uh, so we're going to go live. The, the, the producer's always loud. We're going to go live in about 10 seconds. And then you hear the host go. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I can't hear you. You're, you're ready to talk. Okay. You, you need to be sitting down with someone. To have a real meaningful conversation. But at the same time, we're seeing all the news networks now are doing remote yeah, video yeah. chats. And like, I agree with you, it's not as good. But I mean, to Ian's point, a video message is more effective. Or a phone call mm-hmm. compared to it a is, text. Yeah, a yes. text message is dangerous. You cannot get emotion from And then people from... freak out because they overinterpret yeah, what they're yes. reading. Yeah. Like sarcasm <laughs> is completely lost in text. Well, even just like in relationships and like people like people's girlfriend send, sends them messages like oh my god dude and we live in this world of it now that's that's radicalizing and making people insane it's it's i don't know how to how to overemphasize how dangerous it is to communicate with text and rely on it as your form of communication we're, we're vibrating monkey bodies that speak words for a reason i think text is a great way to relay information text was a revolution but not to communicate feelings it is it, yeah it is it can be it can be, but it's it, it depends on the context. It, I think that if I want to, 
I can write something with a feeling in it, but if you read it, you're going to interpret your own feeling. But if I say something to you with a feeling, you're going to feel what I'm feeling. I want to, I want to, I want I was going to pull up a tweet based on what you said. I tweeted this. If history has taught us anything, it's that you should trust the government in times of emergency to do what's right, <laughs> keep us well informed as the ongoing legitimacy of the threat, and give up emergency powers once the crisis is averted. I intentionally just said it, but it, 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 I call it a filter. I call tweets like that a filter. Clearly, to anybody who is hearing me talk, if I was to say this in real life, I would say something like, if history has taught us anything, it's that you should trust the government in times of emergency to do what's right. Mm-hmm. Keep us well informed of the ongoing legitimacy of the threat and to give up emergency powers once the crisis is averted. Clearly knowing I'm being facetious. In a tweet, people thought it was real. Now, most people retweeted it laughing. They the understood comments, yeah. the context. Mm-hmm. Tim's being sarcastic, facetious, etc. But a lot of people saw that and they were like, dude, what is wrong with you? And those people can become crazy dangerous yes. if they don't understand. That's a- I, 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 have, I have a friend who's a prominent leftist who told me that people don't understand my tweets are jokes. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do when I say something so absurd and ridiculous? Like, uh, I, I, <laughs> I have another one. Put a smiley face at the end. <laughs> I said... Or a, a goofy face. Yeah, that's all you got to so, do. So you know, you know what I do now is I actually reply with, hello, you must be new to Twitter. This is a joke. I'm not serious. <laughs> I said, the good news is now that now with Democrats in full control, we can finally lock down the country for a couple of years to make sure COVID goes away. And a lot of people are like, what are you crazy? Because What's wrong? <laughs> some people really think that stuff. They believe it. Right. Yeah. They'll tweet that out serious. So people are like, is he, has he switched? Has he, has he changed? Dude, but, Ryan Long just tweeted said the funniest thing. Not that I, you know. What did he do? Want to be looking at Twitter right now? But <laughs> Jack Torsey just yelled, "I'm a golden god!" before jumping into his pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? So there's this phenomenon where you can sell your company. That's kind of a problem. You create this phenomenon like Twitter. Jack did, and then he sold it. He owns like six percent of it now. He gave up power, gave up control. Um, yeah. Google was started by Larry and Sergey. They've become monsters. They're gone. They're not they're even monsters. part of the company anymore. As right. far as I know, they don't. Well, control. they're Alphabet. Yeah. Well, I don't. You said they were even off the board of Alphabet. I heard that. Really? Yeah. Maybe confirm. But I don't know. They they silently stepped away. And the odd thing to me about Dorsey is that he's all about Bitcoin. He's tweeting about Signal, which is actually a great open source. You know, Elon was tweeting yeah, about yeah, Signal yeah, the yeah. other day, like amazing project. That was Signal. That was was that Moxie Marlin spike? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, cool and, and so it's like he's aware of this, but for some reason, the speech thing, he doesn't get. Who? who? Dorsey. Dorsey. Why does he care about well, Bitcoin and Signal? Is he really in charge? He's not. I don't think so. Yeah. I think he's a figurehead. And yeah. so they, he got fired a long time ago and they brought on Dick Costolo. And then when he left, I can't remember why. I think he may have been fired. Dorsey became the CEO. I think it was Costolo. Maybe I'm getting my people mixed up. And uh, uh, Dorsey. I think is was just brought on to appear to be in in control, and really he's not. I don't think he is. I think he owns six six percent. Yeah. Well, one, we'll another thing to really kind of consider here, when you look at a lot of the big tech companies, they either have direct involvement with the startup of them and intelligence agencies, or they have ongoing contracts and cooperations with continued government agencies that they are working hand in hand with. Case in point, Amazon and the CIA and the Depart- Department of Defense, Washington Post. Facebook, and uh, for, what was that startup connected to the intelligence agency uh, that was in- integral in their start? We have Google and, of course, uh, Google Maps. 
working with, of course, the U.S. Pentagon to make that happen. And there was another one, uh, InQtel, I think. No, I don't. I don't know. I, That's I, a I lot of facts, and we have to do for a lot of. Yeah, episodes. I'm going to have to look into that yeah. stuff to be to talk more well, clearly on it. Let's talk. Let's talk about the. Real, yeah, this says Dorsey owns two percent of Twitter's outstanding shares. Wow. Does that mean total stock outstanding shares know. worth five hundred thirty-one million? Two percent. Two, he's not involved at all in that company. Yeah, he anymore. runs Square. He gets Square to say is his nothing. He splits. He, he's two, yeah. he's CEO of both. Right. Yeah. But I, I think he's he just thirteen percent. I think, I think, of, I think of, CEO of, just of means. Square. Oh, really? Yeah. So he really he might be CEO and title, but that doesn't mean he runs the company. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, let's talk about where the escalation has brought us from Fox Four. Josh Hawley speaks out, arguing Biden called him a Nazi hmm. when talking to reporters. Your Senator Hawley fired back Friday saying President-elect Joe Biden compared him to a Nazi propagandist. Uh, he didn't say he did. Joe Biden did from wait, from the Dallas News. Joe Biden likens Ted Cruz to Nazi propagandist Goebbels for helping Trump spread big lie about election fraud. It wasn't just Cruz. It was also Josh Hawley. Now, Hawley's firing back, saying President-elect Biden has just compared me and another Republican senator to Nazis. Think about that for a moment. Let that sink in. Hawley argued he raised lawful questions about the way elections were conducted, just as Democrats did in previous years, but saw a much different outcome. This is undignified, immature and intemperate behavior from the president elect. It is utterly shameful. He should act like a dignified adult and retract these sick comments. The president elect made the comments while answering reporters questions in Washington, D.C. Friday afternoon. A reporter asked Biden if Senators Hawley and Cruz should resign after a violent mob contesting the election results stormed the Capitol. Biden said the two senators should be flat beaten in their next elections. Biden then referred to the big lie and said that those like Goebbels, Hawley and Cruz kept repeating the lie. Goebbels was a member of the Nazi party and a Reich minister of propaganda under Adolf Hitler during World War II. It's exactly the kind of rhetoric everybody would want to hear from the incoming president-elect, right? The one who's calling for unity? No, this is this is a level of depravity and insanity. I'm so what should he do in his last few weeks? Trump? Yeah. A few days. A few days. A few days. Sorry, sorry. I mean, he's gonna, they're, they're, I don't know, but they're, they said they're going to impeach him on Monday. The Democrats are going to impeach him. I don't know if he'll get removed because if Republicans and Democrats split 50-50, then Mike Pence breaks the tie. But what if Mitch McConnell says, nah, I'll break the tie. And he decides Trump, Trump's got to go. You we, know, and then, he, and then he votes him out. Are we going to get any declassified files? No, I don't think so. Mm, I don't. Trump has been unable to get anything declassified. They don't listen to him. He's talking about firing people. I don't know what he's going to do. But listen, you know, I was mentioning this earlier when you have the people who are willing to walk away kind of conceding with their tail between their legs and then you throw something at the back of their head. This from Joe Biden is like they're pouring fuel on the fire. Why? Why would he say this about these senators? Why? Why would he tell you? Look, it was over. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's done. And I'll tell you what's, what's really crazy about the scenario what Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley did was entirely constitutional. Yeah. They were allowed to do it. It was not out of the ordinary. It's happened before. It happened in 2005. It happened a bunch of times. I mean, 2016 was crazy. And the end result would have been Biden getting certified as president. It would have given Trump supporters their voice in on, on the Electoral College count floor. It would have satisfied many, not all, to be like, well, at least the American people can hear what we have to say. And we weren't denied that opportunity. Now, unfortunately... It was the Trump supporters who stormed in and stopped that from happening. But to criticize Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz as though they're Nazi propagandists or in any way like him, simply because they wanted to say, here's what's happening and here's why we have concerns about this. That's that. I think that should be evidence 
that people don't want unity and that this is likely going to escalate and escalate faster than you realize. It reminds me about what the Nazis did because they would demonize the, the communists and then he, but, so, but, but, so but he's like, not, we need a new national crackdown on terrorism. Those people are acting like the Nazi party from old. It's like, that's what the Nazis did to the communists. They cracked down and they said that they were the evil from, you know, the 10 years ago in Russia or whatever. I'm sorry. No, the first sentence is you're a Nazi. The second sentence is unity. Everyone come together. Hmm. Like, really? Are you, are you really trying to act like you're, you're bringing people together if you're using hyperbolic language like that? Well, so you, we have had for years, people tweeting things about killing Nazis and punching them, but then they go and call literally everyone Nazis or compare everyone to Nazis. And so what are people supposed to think? You want to hurt us. You want to attack us because it's not about attacking Nazis. It's about using the worst possible smear you can against those you don't agree with. That way, when you advocate for something, like, listen, there are people on Twitter who are saying, you know, kill Nazis or whatever. Twitter allows it. Then once that's been approved, they then tack onto it. Here's a list of who the Nazis are. And they grab random people they don't like. And now Twitter's approved that. So I'll tell you, when, when Joe Biden says that he says the, the, the protesters are domestic terrorists, those that stormed the Capitol. He says these, these senators are basically propagandists for the insurrection. The Wall Street Journal reports, Mr. Biden has said he, he plans to make a priority of, pass, of a law, a, a passing a law against domestic terrorism. And he has been, and he has been urged to create a White House post overseeing the fight against ideological inspired violent oh, extremists no. and increasing funding to combat them. Who, it, who, is it called the Enabling Act? Yeah, you know what I said? It's going to be called like the SAFE Act, like securing American freedoms, you know, enhanced. Or oh, something like geez. That. The who, SAFE Act. Who the SAFE advised them to safer. start a new? So this is like another Homeland Security. Advise them. Come on. Who advised the them? Yeah, exactly. Who did? Do we have ideas of who is in his ear right now? He's in his ear. He's an establishment uh, candidate. He's, he's a, so we've got the some... lobbyist. And he's going, not, not, what they're probably thinking, these establishment people, is once we get power, we better make sure these people never win again. And he's not just talking about Trump. He's talking about Bernie Sanders, too. And that's why I think it's hilarious. Many of these leftists walked right into this. It should have been obvious. I said it. If if the establishment gets back in, they're going to lock the doors and no populist will ever see it, whether it's left or right. Yeah, they would do the same thing but, to Cortez, I would think. Um, Maybe well, Cortez is career. trying to play the game yeah. right now, calling for people's censorship. Another scary aspect of this is that, you know, Biden, he kind of showed that he's not really there. He He's he's not on it. He, he doesn't have the ball in front of him, it looks like someone else has the ball and is carrying this whole program here. When you look at his speech, when you look at his mindset, um, competent doesn't come to mind. And when you, when you have that, you also understand that this is the person that sold out to the special interest almost more than any other president before him. He argued with Barack Obama saying that there needs to be more special interest inside of the Obama administration. And Obama had to tell him no. So when we have big tech executives inside of the Biden administration, Goldman Sachs, the military industrial complex, and you have unlimited power, you look at that entire recipe, there's no one or nothing that could check him. Another thing that I kind of wanted to bring up is that if, if you remember, Chuck Schumer literally brought up that if you mess with this, I, I, this is not his exact phrase, but he said, when Donald Trump messes with uh, the intelligence agencies, they have six ways to Sunday to get back at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I also, in relation to that, I also want to bring up this CB, CBS news article that is literally titled, Social Media is a Tool of the CIA Seriously. 
That is the title of their article on CBS News. And they start off by saying, quote, you don't need to wear a tinfoil hat to believe that the CIA is using Facebook, Twitter, Google, and other social media companies to spy on people. That's because the CIA published a helpful list of press releases on all the social media ventures it sponsors via its technology investment firm in QTEL. So again, that's that's the firm that I brought up here previously before. So there is a lot of things to talk about. There There's a lot of room for kind of speculation here, even though I don't like doing that. But we have to understand when we look at these big tech companies, they're not just outside entities outside of the government. They are entities that work with the government hand in hand, not just spying on you, but in more severe ways than we even know. And this is truly an emerging power that that can't be unchecked. And Amazon. It's not considered well, a social network, but they have that 100%. You know, computer that everyone's got, people have in their house that you can command and listen. Well, this is another thing with, Am- yeah. with Amazon. They're working, they're working on new... Uh, technology that will break encryption. They're working on. Oh, they've got it. Well, they do. Yeah, they're, they I mean, also. Well, uh, quantum we, supremacy. You know, you know about this, right, yeah. Bill? Yeah, but I don't think it's it's. Fully we don't know the exact levels. Yeah, we don't know the exact details here. They were heavily criticized for developing facial recognition technology that was used by ICE. But that's only just the tip of the iceberg here, literally, uh, comparatively to all the other big deep state projects that they're working on, Luke, that they're developing, that Luke. need to be brought up. Have you seen Go Big Show on TBS? Uh, we were slowly... We were, I was watching why, two why, minutes why, of it when why, you were why watching Why can't it. you just let them have the power? Didn't you want to see the man do the backflip on the tricycle? I, the man I was did too busy working out. I there was know. another guy I heard, yeah. Luke, who yeah. got a football to the groin. Now, Interesting, yes. wouldn't you much rather just order a pizza, sit back, watch a football to the groin show, and leave the Democrats to, to have their power and what, let them do what they want. Wasn't that in uh, Idiocracy where they had a show where the guy was oh, just getting, getting hit in the balls? <laughs> Did, really? The show that you were watching, was there really no, a segment no, where no, they no, had? No, okay. No. Oh, okay. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. But yeah, Idiocracy, man. Mike Judge nailed it. Yeah. I mean, um, to, be, to be honest, Donald Trump's in the WWE Hall of Fame. And then Camacho, the president, was a wrestler. So Beavis and Butthead's coming back, I heard. Right. Oh, well, it comes back every so often, doesn't it? Yeah. I think we're, we're headed for dark days, man. Because what's happening is happening faster and faster. And what we saw at the Capitol was, I don't, you know, I think in terms of the political ramifications, it was serious. And the craziest thing is when you look at photos and there's like, there's a photo going around of a guy with zip tie handcuffs and people are like, what were they planning on doing with that? Like taking hostages. And then there's a picture of a grandma who's just like waving a little flag and she has Mm -hmm. no idea what's going on. It's really, really weird what we're seeing, but the media is treating this like the apocalypse. It's exactly what the left, the establishment, the cultural institutions needed to take action to start purging everybody. Yeah, so, there, so now, there, now we're, there, there were reports earlier before the show that uh, Steve Bannon's show has been deleted from YouTube. So yeah. I think, it, you know, and they said it was for election-related misinformation. Yeah, uh, that wouldn't surprise me. And there's a very famous meme going around now that says, quote, We spend $750 billion annually on defense, and the center of American government fell in two hours to the Duck Dynasty... And the guy in the Chewbacca bikini. It's and they have a photo of, of, of the, you know, the guys in costume. You know, it's, you know, you know it's really it. funny. As this purge is going on, I, I do think some people are leaving Twitter. That they're deactivating their accounts and they're going to parlor because the president has been removed. But I think a lot of people are being banned and a lot of people are noticing. I think it's probably a lot of people purposefully leaving. I, I wonder if the majority is, is actual bannings. 
But my, my Twitter following is like, it goes down and it spikes really high. Cause I'll like, I'll tweet something and then the people who remain will start following me. But then as people are leaving, it goes down. A lot of people are down. Like I saw one tweet just now, 16,000 people. That's, yeah, Julian huge. Assange's uh, mother just tweeted that she lost 6,000 followers just wow. now. Yeah. This is a mass purge. This can't just be people leaving. I, Twitter is going through networks. They're probably looking at a network and just removing yeah, people. Yeah, you said they were going through Rudy Giuliani's Well, so, so there, there's, a, there's a, tw- a Twitter bot that will tell you when someone in the yeah. Trump network follows or unfollows. And it was this massive lift saying Rudy Giuliani unfollowed this person and this person and this person. And just huge list of people saying Rudy Giuliani unfollowed these people. And I'm like... Did Twitter just pull up Rudy Giuliani's following list and just delete everybody he followed? Because they all got trying nuked. to protect people, maybe. No, I don't know. Rudy Giuliani is fighting for Trump. So he got I, removed. I, this, I, when I was down there in the bathroom, I just thought about that we need to break up these corporations. Again, this is this monopoly on public speech. And I just don't see a value to shattering the corporations into a bunch of proprietary networks like it, why would we break facebook into facebook prime and instagram again that zuckerberg owns both of that the code is still so I, I keep going back to the way we would break up a social network's monopoly is by freeing their software code after they reach a certain level of user base and people's argument is why would i give up my work for all this my life's work if i've attained 100 million followers now i lose my code and i'm like well your code going free doesn't mean you lose the network you still own yeah. facebook you still can profit off of all that activity on Facebook, but the code... Yeah, your co- a code should be like an idea. I, yeah. I think it should be open sourced, and I think if we did have open source technology, the world would be a lot better and freer. And the network well, effects that you can achieve... My opinion. The, the network's, network effects and growth you can achieve, not to mention because your community will trust you more now, because well, you're being look, look. transparent with them, but it's it's the reason Bitcoin is exploding right now is because it's open. There's not going to be a closed system. But I, I understand that you guys view the code as our code. I think that sometimes the code can be my code, and you're all just dirty commies who think that. <laughs> and I actually believe in private property, so I disagree. Uh, but in all seriousness, no, I think there can be, I think a lot of things need to be open, depending on what they are. Probably social media. If it's something that has a serious impact on our politics, civics, then... We should probably understand how that works. But if it's a proprietary service, I don't think that code should be forced. Like open. a city. No, not forced, but like it's in we your interest to, well, to do it. Well, like I'm voting suggesting. Systems. Yes, we absolutely. How they're working, why they're working. And we should be able to watch. Because think about it this way. If we could see the voting counting going in in real time and how the code worked, and then something weird happened and a vote flipped, everybody would see it. The problem, I guess, is that it's connected to the Internet. But then everyone's watching it, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. There's 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 challenges to this. It's just accountability. Why can't we have accountability? We should have accountability for so many different things in our society that would clear things up. If you're going to say that there was Russian collusion with Donald Trump, show us the evidence. It took them a while to reveal nothing. absolutely nothing. And then in the meantime, they slandered and discredited and threw people under the, the, the bus, including myself and We Are Change. We're talking about, you know, the, the voting that just happened. Be transparent. Do investigations. Look into it. Show us the evidence. Uh, again, that would have proved and solved so much angst. That would have proved and solved so much of the uncertainty. And, and, and again, when these companies make these large decisions banning people, 
destroying people's voice. They're doing it in a way where there's no accountability for that. There's no way to appeal it. We don't even know why the decision was made. We don't know exactly what even led up to it. It's just a totalitarian saying, that's it. I get my way. I don't even have to say why I did what I did. And that's a dangerous, unaccountable power that surely, it, we, I was I was saying let's, this years ago, is going to be abused, is being abused right now. A lot of people want to talk about civil war and stuff. And they think the right has some tremendous advantage because they're the tough guys, because they're the survivalists and all that stuff. But I said, listen, man, they'll sever the lines of communication in two seconds before any anything starts. And then you'll be sitting there looking at your phone saying, I wonder what's going on. The lines of communication are being severed. It's, it's what they're doing. Yeah, Zuckerberg's kind of like a mayor of a city, of a town. And, and right now mm. it's like a private town. Like, he's not a mayor. Well, it's kind of like he's, he's more a, like an uh, internet mayor or no, an no, internet like, governor. Well, have you ever seen those old westerns? Where, like, the, the, the guy rides into the town and he's like, it's my town. Exactly. Sheriff, you it's, work for me. It's my town now. Right. And he's, he owns the town. So our government is in place to make sure that no individual owns these cities. Like, no one owns New York. It's controlled by all of us. And I think that Facebook has gotten to the strength of power. Yeah. Well, someone governs it that's put into no, power let's be real, though. by us. Look at look uh, what de Blasio's doing. Legally. Getting, look, his wife's got a $2 million staff but, while but the city burns. The way the law is built, I'm just talking right, about. Right, I get it. I get is it. that I think that... Facebook is powerful enough that and influential enough that we should treat it like a city and not not a, a, a piece of, of ownership of something that someone can own. And I'm just talking about the code. He can still own the domain and people can still use Facebook and he can have stores and everything. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter can be publicly owned and open with guaranteed rights and we don't need to worry about making money on or it. Or they could it have utility. It could still be private and all the code could be a utility that we could build another network that is a utility with the same code that could integrate with Twitter. Yes. yes. It's and, and cuz if you shatter it into a bunch of proprietary networks it wouldn't stop the monopoly right. on the behavior. Right. What what I think we need platforms that are free speech, you know, open, publicly owned. And that's just me. Look, maybe I'm lefty, huh? Taxpayer funded, nationalized with guaranteed rights. You break the law, someone reports you, it's a criminal offense. You broke the law. If you say a nasty opinion, you block them and say, don't want to see you. That's simple. What do you do? Harassment laws apply. Well, harassment the, is, is a crime. This is how the big networks grew under that premise. Mostly, right. I mean, their content policies were already, were always pretty restrictive. Like, you know, but to a certain degree, they rode the whole wave of, letting people say most of what was okay and now they're doing the bait and switch you they know, sell the company that's a big problem too is that you can make a company make it huge and popular and then sell it to some totalitarian dictator and then all of a sudden 100 million people are now being driven by this this guy that now owns the city you basically handed the keys of the city to this next guy so yeah i agree i don't think that these networks should be controlled by the bait and switch the, the even the potential for the bait and switch shouldn't exist yeah and do you, God. no, no, you want to, I'm well, going to change the subject. Yeah, there's you would just expect that executives with billions of dollars, thousands of developers at their disposal could come up with realistic problems for breaking echo chambers like, OK, yeah. here's recommendations of stuff that you might disagree with or from people from the other side of the spectrum. Here's recommendations for this. Here's how to curate your algorithm. So, you know, so you're getting a balanced diet of information That's like they, they just literally it, it is well, intentional you, you, but, you know, but you know the problem with that is for like twitter is that if you're somebody who's like if is a far leftist and they say why don't you follow tim pool he's mm. a you know moderate individual who believes in free speech and liberty 
then they're going to start spamming me and insulting me and it's going to be really annoying. The problem is ultimately in the end, you have, uh, you have many different kinds of people, but there seems to be two overarching kinds of people. The, if someone is bothering me, I'll block them group. And the, if someone's bothering me, I demand Twitter block them from everyone group. Yeah. And so there's no negotiating. I, I, it's, it's one of the things that I think Jack Dorsey actually said in one of his testimony, in, in, in his Senate testimony, he was like, we have people who are demanding on the left that we ban people for this reason. And then the right demands that we don't ban them for this reason. And we have to tr- figure out like, we have these both, you know, both groups screaming in our ears. Now, I guess ultimately, because the cultural institutions and the media are controlled by the left, these big tech companies know exactly who butters their bread. Yeah. They want to sell advertisements, right? Well, if a news story comes out in the Wall Street Journal that YouTube does bad, then YouTube says, we're so sorry, Wall Street Journal, please. And then they, they cave. That's what, that, that's what happened with PewDiePie in the first adpocalypse. And, and the crazy thing is these news outlets know YouTube is their competition. So they're doing it on purpose for probably for, for financial gain. But they also learned that people like to hear their own thoughts regurgitated to them. So they created echo chambers through the algorithm. And I remember back in the day when the internet was still amazing and a beautiful place and it was a free place because it didn't have any algorithms. It didn't have any news feeds. It didn't have any curated timelines with these corporations deciding what you should hear. If you would subscribe to something, you would actually see it. You would actually hear it. This curation has essentially led to these larger echo chambers, to these larger, to these larger radicalizations, and have pushed people further and further apart on the political spectrum, where now we are in a situation where people are at each other's throats. And we have to wake up and realize that this was done by social media. So what makes you think giving all your power to social media is going to fix it? This is such a frustrating thing. You see the direct fingerprint, whether it's the mental health crisis, whether it's the algorithm, whether it's the echo chamber, whether it's them colluding with intelligence agencies and government agencies Dude. when you see this problem and and, and they 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 have the, they're a part of it and now you have people saying they're gonna fix it all if you just give them all of your power it's, it's and like, people are falling for it celebrating this today you gotta be freaking kidding me it's like the monkey's paw you know that story it's like mm-hmm. you get three wishes but then it twists your wish these leftists are like yeah censorship yeah they're going to get censor censored. all the bad people. And then the definition of bad. It's changes. like a Twilight Zone episode but it where really, it's like, it was time now. It's not fair. It's like, why am I being banned? No, everyone was finally banned and I could finally have peace. And then they're, they're glad they're, they drop their phone and the phone shatters. No, you know, you know, that episode. No, right? it sounds yeah, awesome, it's the episode though. where the guy like just wants to read and the world hmm. ends. Oh, and he breaks his glasses. Yeah. And he's got big, thick glasses. So I'm imagining it's like a leftist demanding everyone be banned and then finally once everyone's banned he has his phone he's like no i can look and he drops his phone no well information people need to understand information is key during war one of the first things that was done during the iraq war from some of the reports that i heard from frontline soldiers is that there was leaflets dropped on populations oh yeah of course saying americans are coming they're here to liberate you and here to free you so this has been done as a part of psychological warfare many times throughout many important battles and this is in the information war ramping up to huge, uh, just astronomical levels where even fifth generational warfare doesn't put a candle to it, to what's happening now. And that's another term that people should look up and should research themselves when they want to understand what is deeply happening and what is going to happen from here. In Vietnam, they used to blast uh, audio in the jungle, this like demonic sounds. No, 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 no. And it would scare the Vietnamese because they were were all emotional and and they wouldn't come out that night. No, I got to correct you. Talk about informational warfare. It was just like, let me, let me, you let, know, medulla let me, oblongata. Let me correct you. Please do. During Vietnam, 
the U.S. would blast audio of wailing Vietnamese saying, why did I do it? I made a mistake. Run while you still can or you'll be trapped here for eternity like I am. Because their religious belief was that if they weren't properly buried, they were trapped to roam the area where they died forever. The problem was it was too effective. And the South Vietnamese, I believe it was the South who was working with us, panicked and ran when they heard it. But imagine you're in the jungle in the dead of night with your gun. And then you hear a wailing, ghostly voice crying and begging you, saying, don't become trapped like I am. Run Mm -hmm. while you still can. Psychological warfare is crazy stuff, man. It's like, it's you know know that old fake story about the general and the pig's blood? Apparently, it's not a real story. But they they talk about this this, uh, uh, general who, after killing a bunch of, you know, like uh, Muslim soldiers in the Middle East, poured pig's blood on them and left one alive and let him leave so that he went and told them and then they all stopped fighting. I believe that story is not true, but people tell it all the time. The idea being that he's like, oh, no, it's, you know, you, you, this is bad. It's against their religion. And so he panicked, told everyone, and then they refused to engage. Psychological warfare. Oh, you know what? It's simple. Pen is mightier than the sword. Well, That's the, what they say. The first step in it is to control communication. Once you control communication, once you control what people can and cannot listen to, you have a, such a severe advantage over your supposed enemies or even someone you think are the Nazis. You know what Trump's mistake was? He didn't watch Revenge of the Sith. Because <laughs> okay, I just yeah. watched Revenge of the Sith. That and was you, his and you, know, you know what Palpatine did? Smart. Palpatine feigned a assassination attempt. Yep. You know, when Mace Window comes in. And then Anakin's there, and then he's like, don't let them kill me, I'm too weak. And then Anakin, you know, ends up killing Mace Windu and everything. I'm kidding, by the way. <laughs> but it is, it is just like, you know, Trump is sitting there. I think, I, I don't think Trump had, uh, to be honest, they're saying Trump incited and all this stuff. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think Trump intended for this to happen. When we had, we had Jack Murphy on recently, and he was saying that it sounded like when Trump was giving his speech, it was a concession speech. He said, sometimes it takes more courage to do nothing. And he was like, what does that mean, you know? Yeah. Like Trump was trying to wind things down. Well, he then, said it's going to be up to Mike Pence. Yeah. So, like, he, he, he made sure he had no responsibility at all. And everyone was like, okay, let's see what Mike Pence is going to do. And he released that statement, which um, so, got around. Somebody, yeah. somebody tweeted something really funny. They said, how long until Trump uses the presidential alert system to send a message? That, I was <laughs> just thinking about that. When he tweet, he's going to presidential alert his new parlor account. Yes. Well, there's like, even there's all. even some scuttlebutt of them creating their own social media network. So well, he that, said that. That's yeah. That's what opposing. they should do. They should use the Minds code. They should take the codes there. Take the code. And just Build your own network with Minds code. A government site, man. More diversity. I mean, Trump's. Tim, you've known. You've known to back up your social situation the whole time. Of course. You, you have to. You have to protect yourself. And the fact that, you know, he didn't, it's... There's 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 yeah. troubling questions and troubling and, and dark times ahead. And, yeah. and, you know, Joe Biden, he warned us. He said a dark winter. Hmm. That's what he called it, a dark winter. And I think the, 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 the challenge is uh, for us is, well, I, 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 should, I should rephrase this. I don't think there is a path towards de-escalation. And I've said this quite some, uh, a long time ago. And I had, it's, it's really interesting. The left repeatedly claimed that I was wrong and hyperbolic and fear-mongering and all that for simply saying, look what happened. This is freaky. Why would it stop? I'm worried about this. And then when it does happen, they're like, why were you talking about it, Tim? You shouldn't have mentioned that Atlantic wrote about a coming civil war. Like, how dare yeah. you read uh-huh. what the mainstream media is saying? Mm-hmm. The issue, there was a tweet earlier from the, uh, someone wrote in the Washington Post, it was, I think it was Margaret Sullivan. She said it was Tucker's fault. It was Hannity's fault. It was Fox News's fault. And I'm like, if I, if I recall, they were condemning the violence all year. And it was CNN who said, who says protests have to be peaceful. But when you see tweets like that, 
when you see Democrats calling for expulsion, calling for escalation, then I, I, I would be more than happy to have everybody just be like, we don't want to do this anymore. Who wants to go see a movie? I'd be like, I'm down. I don't care what your politics are. Let's go grab pizza and a beer and hang out and just stop all this. But you've got a constant berating and beating and, a, and suppression happening where they didn't just go for the president today. They're going for his supporters and they're nuking everybody. Steve Bannon's war room deleted. Just it, the YouTube channel's gone. They're making sure they're purging this aspect of American culture. I think there's no linear uh, path to de-escalation. Maybe like you said earlier, it was it, there's a, it's a compounding or a uh, exponential, an exponential escalation, escalation in any direction mm. because of the way the system works. Now it started with uh, radio and television that you could speak for an hour, but then people could listen to it for 10,000 hours, even though only an, you only spent an hour of your time, 10,000 hours of listening could accrue. And, or a hundred thousand or a million. And now with internet video, there's not just, it's not just on for an hour a day. It's on there permanently for like exponentially more listening hours are potential. So change yeah. can happen exponentially in but, any direction and Bill, yeah, including so. a deescalative uh, function. Totally agree, man. It could yeah. happen within days if with the right powers in place. Uh, Bill, you brought up a good point. You got to be prepared for this stuff. You guys were preparing. You guys have an alternative. I was preparing. I've been collecting emails on, you know, wearechange.org because I knew something w was coming. Uh, Donald Trump supporters are screaming about this, saying, this is going to happen to you. You need to do something. You need to prepare. Uh, some of us have prepared. Uh, but, but essentially, you know, let's just be honest here. He, he I mean, it's not just that he wasn't prepared. It, Trump. He was sometimes ignoring individuals telling him directly, this huge censorship hammer is coming your way. Well, like, I, I, how long ago was it that we were at the White House? A year or something? A year yeah. longer than a year. It was yeah. like a year and a half. Yeah. And yeah. Trump was just like, what platform should I use? You didn't think to it's ask like, someone. Well, he knew. He invited us. <laughs> yeah. He knew. Right. Yeah. He knew. Yeah. yeah, but he was resisting because he has a very mainstream approach to things. It seems like. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's an old guy. Yeah. And he's very TV. He watches Fox and all mm -hmm. that. And he, he could have had, I, I don't understand why Dan Scavino didn't, he's savvy, you know, or at the time it was, um, Brad, uh, what's his name? Parscale. Parscale. Yeah. Why didn't any one of these people say, let us run the account for you? We'll set up, hmm. a, we'll set up a parlor. We'll set up a mines, That's whatever. So I mean, what really worries me is just the normal people sitting on social media, watching the preaching happen and, you know, glorification of, of this kind of event. And like people with good intentions actually do think that this is helping and that that's what's really scary. It's like people genuinely believe that this path is going to make the world safer. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. You take a look at the people with connections, the people with resources and the people of great success. And what have they been doing? They've been buying Bitcoin. I wonder why they've been buying land in rural areas and fleeing cities for some time. They certainly must know something. Maybe they don't all think the same thing, but they think something similar. And when you see people like, I don't know, a couple of years ago going on a major podcast and warning about a coming conflict due to censorship and then saying, I'm going to build a van. So, you know, a bug out van. Yeah. And now here we are with the Capitol being stormed. You know, you don't, I don't expect like a plumber to be fully tuned into what's happening. But there are people who base all their investments on just they wait for Warren Buffett to do something like he must know something. So I'll just buy what he buys. Right. Well, when you see all of the people who have access to government officials and media institutions and intelligence agencies fleeing to rural states, red states and rural areas and buying up swaths of land should make you think something about what's going on and what you should maybe consider. Yeah. 
Another thing to really kind of deep dive into and to really think about is we're also seeing uh, something that is curated for us. So the algorithm, the newsfeed, the the curated timeline, they're showing you people celebrating, but that doesn't essentially mean that a lot of people are celebrating and those viewpoints can be manipulated. Our perceptions can be manipulated by what we're selected to see and already there have been studies done showing how the timeline could manipulate your emotions and how they can make you fear, uh, feel different, uh, you know, emotions just by deciding what to show you. They could do that on, on so many other different levels. And, uh, yeah. Do, do you know about the confessions of the economic hitman? Yeah. So, Perkins, one, of course. Yeah. One of, the, one of the things he talks about is that in order to stage a coup in a, in a foreign country, one easy, one of the things you do is you hire about a thousand people to protest and film it and then, from those tight camera angles showing massive crowds, you say it's a hundred thousand. And then you, you, people believe it and they think the country is, you know, in, in chaos. And then it makes regular people freak out. We've seen a lot of things done through various intelligence agencies with sock puppet accounts, which is, you know, bots. Sock puppet accounts basically one person will have 50 accounts with fake pictures, with fake names, and they'll post things attempting to manipulate and influence people. And, and this is an ongoing problem around the world. The U.S. used to do it all the time. To manipulate foreign countries. Yeah, the, the, the U.S. government. And they, the, they still do. Yeah. And the Israeli government admitted that they had government agents that are trying to sow a particular viewpoint and a particular narrative that are working by, you know, for, from the tax dollars to push the, the government's agenda. So this is something also talked about by Cass Sunstein, Obama's former information czar, who talked about how there needs to be an effort to undermine, uh, you know, individuals like who are affected by not 11, like family members who had questions about that event. He specifically talked about how, the, you know, the online community needs to be infiltrated, needs to have people who go on there and make everyone else look bad so people don't take some of these serious, legitimate questions seriously. And he talked about pretty much informational warfare about how to undermine any legitimate form of criticism of government. Well, there are, there are uh, I'm not going to name the companies for, you know, legal reasons, probably litigious, but they dominate Reddit. There are political organizations that have training manuals on how you derail conversations and manipulate opinion. So when a post pops up and says, you know, Donald Trump does backflip, someone will comment, I like backflip. And they have a, a, a they, they tell you if someone says I like what Trump is doing, respond with this, and they they like have a script. And so these people, their whole job is to go on and comment on each other's posts. There's a really funny incident where two people who clearly worked for two different companies were commenting on each other, and and some like someone pointed out it was a, it was like robotic almost, and they were like, this is where you can see where the tangle happens when two companies trying to promote I think it was promoting Democrats collided. And it created this weird loop of nonsensical comment after comment because they were just they weren't actually responding. They were like, well, the chart says if they say this, I say this. And so then it creates like a feedback loop. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes you really wonder because I, I, I'm right now uh, on Twitter and I'm seeing a lot of people celebrating. I'm seeing a lot of people. Yep. I'm seeing a lot of the reply guys who are going to be out of work now. And let's be honest, some of it is legitimate. But then I also wonder, maybe some of the celebration, maybe some of the victorol that's promoting this larger narrative and agenda could be potentially manipulated. I don't know. I haven't proved it, but I just know for a fact that it happened before with other 
agendas with other special interests that manipulated the system to to procure a per- perception that leads you to be programmed in a way that is beneficial for those doing the programming. And that's exactly what we have to understand here. When we're giving our attention, when we're looking at this timeline, we are giving a part of ourselves into this larger company that could now take so much from us. When, when something's free, you are the product. And they could twist it, turn it, and they could be like, well, you know, well, maybe he does need to buy this or this. They already know so much about you. It's absolutely terrifying. So what can they do with that information? The possibilities are endless, and we should not be kidding ourselves if those possibilities aren't being used and institutionalized and implemented right now. Well, that's, that's the problem with proprietary code, in my opinion, <laughs> is that you don't know what the algorithm's doing which is why I'm obsessed with Minds. I didn't even know when I met you, you were like, hey, let's build a social network. My first thought was another one? Why? There's already Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, but we don't need one. But then you started telling me about free software and the power of knowing what the algorithm is doing to you. I so mean, it's literally doing things to us. So it was you, Bill, who radicalized him into screaming yeah. free the code. I did. It was me. <laughs> free the code. <laughs> I introduced him to Richard Stallman and Linus Torvalds. But I mean, it is true, like Linux, for for example, like which took over the whole operating system infrastructure of the whole financial system yeah, of the whole yeah. world. Because it's free. It's free. I mean, it, and that is going to happen with every... And, well, so, so let me let me just explain something real quick to people who don't understand. Uh, uh, Linux is an operating system. It's free. It's great. And people realized that if you were using some of these traditional operating systems, which you probably know, like Windows, you got to pay for licenses. Linux is free. So just put Linux in all your servers. Yeah. There you go. You save a lot of money. Yeah. So in the biggest, even Facebook and Twitter and Google use Linux heavily. Yeah. But then they build on top of it and they don't share their little secret sauce. Yeah. And that that's they because it's top. an open source code and not a free code. Like, isn't there so- there's software codes where if you build on top of it, you have yeah, to Yeah, they're make different your- licensing structures. And so the, what, the difference is in open source software like Linux, you can build on top of it and make it private right. and then call that whole thing private. Right. But with a free software code, you can build on top of it. It has to remain free. And so any changes you ever make going forward remain free. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, it's called copyleft. Copy. The, the principle of sh- having to oh, share copyright, copy yeah, left. copyright, yeah. So you know, and everyone should be Leftists. able to do whatever they want to do. But that's the funny thing that um, you know, it, it's, it, weird. It, it's, it's, it's sort of a left principle. I mean, both be. are good, but it's everything switching. And what you were right. saying about like where you find the source of truth, when look at what the left and the right agree on, like the progressives and the libertarians, like find those people who can talk. You know, uh, Dennis Kucinich is made a really interesting statement where he's like, you know, me and Ron Paul are like best friends, basically. Back and in the day. Back in the day. And they would, he, he said that on many votes, if you look back in the record, it was always like hundreds to two. Hmm. And it was, it was them. It was, them. <laughs> it was two guys Stop from the government, from both sides of the spectrum. So if it was like something involving civil liberties or surveillance or whatnot, it would, it would be those two guys who, who voted together. And yeah. so, you know, that's where the truth is. And that's why, like, you know, some people don't like Tucker Carlson, but like Glenn Greenwald will get on there and talk to Tucker. <laughs> I mean, right. you have like, that's Jimmy an Dorgan. important kind. So yeah. yeah. And so these people who are willing to have the conversations, but have radically different political beliefs. But that's why they're all called right wing. Now the weird thing is they right. can't call Jimmy right wing, so they smear him in other ways. They I don't they call him a shill or whatever because he's not right wing. He's like screaming, "We got to have Medicare for all," and they're not fighting for us. <laughs> it doesn't work. Right. But he criticizes the Democrats all the time. Now Tulsi Gabbard, she's not right wing. She's also for she's for universal health care with private insurance. That's what that's what I, I agree with. 
and they attack her for it, for not being left enough. It's crazy. Like most countries in the world that have universal health care when the left is like, oh, all the countries do it. Yeah, they have private health insurance on top of it. And that's what she's for. But they call her right wing. They call all the Glenn Greenwald has been right wing for a long time. It's hilarious. It's easy to slap that label. on. But the funny thing is with Biden, like he's always been like generally moderate, hasn't he? Like he's he, traditionally was was he a radical? I, left? I, no, no, no. He no wasn't. The, the better way to put it is he says what he thinks he needs to say to reach the com- lowest common denominator. But we also have to understand when we're talking about individuals like Tucker or Greenwald or Tracy, these are individuals who also criticize Trump. Right. right. These are individuals right. yeah. who actually have, you know, they're still uh, right virtues, <laughs> who, who actually have principles, who actually have ideas that they believe in that they don't flip flop on no matter what the political alignment is. They rather go on merit rather than political ideology, which is something that's extremely rare, should be promoted more. But sadly, we're seeing less and less of and we're going to see a lot less of that, especially because behavior like that was not incentivized by the algorithms. People knew if they wanted more followers, they wanted more engagement, they would metaphorically take a dump on their political opposition and they were dunking on them and everyone was celebrating and they were fighting and then until the fighting gets so out of hand where here we are today. And this censorship, they know it's going to spread more paranoia. They know it's going to spread more fear. They know it's going to spread more conspiracy theories, disinformation and false news, and it's going to make it worse. So the fire is being fueled. It's it's out of hand already, and it's going to get a lot hotter in here. So that's my two cents. Yeah, it's burning up. And it's it's crazy that, you know, there are internal wars happening at these companies as well. Like one of the anomalies that I am trying to understand is like Peter Thiel, for instance, is on the board of Facebook. He was a big Trump supporter. I didn't realize he was with Facebook. Yeah, wow. he was Peter Thiel was Facebook's first. Do you see the movie The Social Network? Yeah, Mm-mm. you know the when he walked in that guy's office yeah, and he yeah. gave him his first hundred K check or whatever. That was Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel's like a traditional libertarian guy. Yeah. And granted, he does invest in companies that I think have really bad privacy abuses. I mean, Weird. Facebook, uh, Palantir, these kinds of things. But but he's also big on Bitcoin and he's playing both sides of the spectrum. And so it's just like yeah, unbelievable that they're not seeing the long game here. Yeah, his argument I, with starting Palantir was that they, there was going to be a 21st century spy tech, and so it may as well be us, because we have good intentions right. for people. Oh, yeah. Yes. That, that was argument. his mentality. Yeah. I, I well, hear a lot of dictators use that same mm-hmm. kind of logic. Right, right, right. We should, uh, we should go to Super Chats. Yes. So, uh, man, we got so many Super Chats in today that when, <gasps> once we get too many, YouTube starts oh, no. removing a bunch Thank of Thank you, them, guys. So. Well, no, that's bad. We're I mean, it means... Them? Yeah, they start. Well, it, they, they, too many come in, and then the old ones just. Fall. Oh, okay, but over. you still get to keep the. Oh. Well, the money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. I thought they like. Tweet, I used Twitter now. Like, I'm just saying. I feel bad for people so whose messages, you know, yeah, I feel ended bad. up yeah, getting yeah. erased. I like to read them. Yeah, you know, so about half an hour's worth of super chats. You know, sure. Gone. Tweet t- any any ones that you got on. Dis- yeah, tweet them at destroy, us. Destroy. Tweet sure. them at us. Let's see yeah. what we got here. So, uh, if you haven't already, smash the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to TimCast.com slash donate to donate directly, assuming, you know, eventually something happens to this channel. But we should have the uh, the full site up and running soon. Yes. Smash and by soon, that- oh, I mean sorry. like a few days or so. So uh, that'll be good. And then we'll have, you know, uh, exclusive content on the on the website and it'll be great. But let's uh, let's read some of these super chats. Let me uh, let me also suggest you smash that gorilla. And yes. buy a t-shirt. Oh, and, and I'll let you guys know, oh, yeah. we, the I Am a Gorilla t-shirt is officially up on the it's Teespring here. store. 
but YouTube has to approve of it. So if you go to the Teespring store, which I think might be linked below, I don't know. Right? So oh, it's it in the is, description. Yeah. Then there's the I Am a Gorilla shirt. It's in there. I saw you guys bought a bunch of Harumph t-shirts yes. last night. That was exciting. Right? Oh, did they? Yeah. <laughs> they did. Well, next we're going to put the Gorilla one up. Oh, yeah. And then we have the I Am a Gorilla Love Yourself, which will be fun. I like Correct. It. Daniel Maxwell says, they want to prevent the center and right from organizing and planning out a political counterattack. The problem is doing this is going to force us closer to a violent solution, which is not going to end well for anybody. I think I don't I don't I don't think there's organization necessarily other than they don't like the other is bad. I think both sides think the other is bad and one side is calling for censorship and one side is calling for free speech. The censorship side is winning because these people are squeaky wheels that never stop complaining when when, you know, well, of that and they call they control uh, news organizations. But, I'll, you know, I'll leave it there. Somebody mentioned that Trump tweeted using the government account. Everyone go read, which we did read. Yeah, which was I interesting. deleted it. Let's see. Uh, oh, 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 that was an important one. Omega Blade says, can you bring the puppy back in to help promote a healthy, safe space during this time of strife? Tim doesn't want the puppy in the house. Uh, you can bring it in the show if you want to go bring the puppy. Luke doesn't want to get up. He's too lazy. <laughs> the puppy peed too many times. Yeah. A few. It's a lot of work. We're training. <laughs> chewing up the carpet, too. We're running around, shaking all, flopping all happy. Oh, like dog. So Making cute. everyone yeah. joyous. Aw. All right. Let's see. S-Head says, I've seen too many people calling for revolution and all the actions that will be the precursor to civil war. Everyone needs to watch the Peter Capaldi Doctor Who speech about revolution. Maybe then they will understand where it all leads to. I wrote a song about that. Yeah, What's it song. called? It's called Will of the People. Oh, yeah. Where you can guys people listen to it? On this oh. YouTube channel. So it's actually one of the top videos now because it's got like 700,000 views. That's crazy. I didn't think you guys are awesome. Get it to a million. But uh, it, it, that would be great if those who are watching you should check it out. But if you haven't seen the video and I, and I look, it's a video I made. It's a song I wrote and performed. It was, pro it was produced by Nishra uh, Alman. It is about the cycle of revolution and how these people who think they're fighting for a better future will not get what they think. And uh, as the saying goes, be careful when fighting monsters, lest you become one. For when you gaze into the abyss, the abyss gazes back. But uh, yeah, check it out. Will of the People on YouTube, on this YouTube channel. You can search for it. I'm also hearing the quartering was just taken down. What? Oh. But, no, <gasps> what? but that looks like he deleted it. it okay. Looks, it, so uh, That's the initial reports. Unverified now. But what I'm seeing on Twitter says the account doesn't exist. I got a message. As him. opposed to this account has been suspended. You okay. know what I mean? Jeremy got rid of his YouTube channel? No, Twitter. Oh, Twitter. But okay. he, he did it before. He's done it before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not new. All right. Let's see. Timothy Hediger says, terms of service greater than First Amendment. Well, that's the problem now, isn't it? Yeah. Does mine's terms of service strictly adhere to the First Amendment? Mostly, but like there's certain things like malicious spam that isn't in the First Amendment. So, so I've been talking are, a lot about there, rewriting a Bill of Rights, like an Internet Bill of Rights. There have been People, documents. Yeah. I mean, there's like the Manila Principles. There's the Santa Clara Principles. There's a number like, yeah, go to ManilaPrinciples.org. Actually, it was drafted by the EFF. Who, you know, in some ways, have, yeah, yeah, they're, I know. they're, they're, well, they're it's, it's a sim I think it's a similar ideology. ideology coming out of them as the ACLU. It's like they, they sort of start John Perry Barlow. They're like, authoritarians, but they're hardcore also not, also no, not. No, I mean, like, they're pro censorship. There are very good people that I know at the EFF who, who, who are not Used pro censorship. They're not pro censorship, though. I as mean, an organization, they, t they tweet pro censorship stuff all the time. They used to be, I used to be a big advocate. I donated. Go, 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 go to the hacker conventions, EFF. I used to, I actually fundraised for the ACLU at one point. Now they're pro censorship. They advocate for removing people's right to speech. Yeah, repeatedly. Well, they're standing up for 230. Standing up for 230? Yeah. They, they, yeah, they, but we need 230 reform to yes. protect people's right to speak. 
not just blanket keep it or or leave it. Yeah, nah, I'm not a fan. Uh, anyway, Daniel Nelson says, to make matters worse, we can't even go to open mics right now. Our literal public town square for locals is currently not available. I am trying not to be very frustrated right now. And that's a very important point. None of us can go out to public squares or the, to, to town hall or even church where we normally communicate. And you're forced into these ideological bubbles. Hmm. Now they're banning. They, they tell you you can't go to church. Then they ban you from social media. These people are going to burst, yep. man. And the church but, and the pubs have historically been a place for organizing rebellions. Now they're shut down. Coffee houses. He goes on to say, anyway, which foot <laughs> should I be catching pop shoves? Good question. Dude, what, 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 that's not a good question. It's your front foot. End of story. I don't understand. I guess if you're doing like a nollipop shove it, you do your back foot. Well, maybe no, they I meant know, left, fun- left foot or right foot. Was that the question? Well, that, that would make sense. I mean, you're talking about a switch shove it or a regular shove it. So are you regular goofy? What are you talking about? You do a nolly shove it. You could maybe use your back foot. But I guess the front foot would still be cool if you did a nollipop shove it. Some jargon there for all of you who have no idea what I'm talking about. I am clueless. Everyone in the room but Tim. Do you know anything about I skating? have no idea. what yeah, that That's nerd. That's like Ewok talk. <laughs> Kelty skateboard jargon? Yeah. Come on. Kelty said, my company in Seattle just announced it will hunt and fire outwardly racist people online or in private life participation. Chilling. <sighs> Who judges outwardly? NRA, Republican. Who are the fascists? If you're not, if you're, look, you ever see that episode of Rick and Morty where the giant heads come and then the guy uh, forms a religion where they, they wear clay heads? Show us what you got. I think so. And then like, they're, they're, they, whatever the faces do, they interpret it in some ridiculous way. Mm-hmm. And when uh, Rick and Morty's parents are like, we don't want to be involved in this, then they tie them to balloons and prepare to send them to, the, like, to their deaths. Like, that's basically what it is. We don't know what we're talking about. It's very, it's very Bronze Age tribal religious type behavior. Mm. Just adhere to the tribe. Do as you're told. No wrong think. You know? Yeah, saying racist is a weird term. It's not even about racist, though. It's just about, are you a member of the tribe or not? Will you conform or not? Otherwise, they'll chase you out. That's about it. All right, let's see some more super chats here. Timmy Grice says, my question is for everyone in the room, lids included. Would you sideline your social beliefs for free speech and freedom? What does that mean? You could be quiet. Would you sideline your social beliefs? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to push some so, some personal narrative to destroy your ability to speak freely. Yeah. Wait, I, I think it's a hard question. Would I, uh, my beliefs for freedom of speech, like, would I ever give up on my belief would, in freedom of speech? Would you give up your beliefs in order for other people to have free speech? But my beliefs are sort for of free an speech. oxymoron. Yeah, but what, make, if, what if your beliefs were, maybe they're not, maybe you think they are, but would you put down what you truly believe? To Those who would give up a little bit of freedom in exchange for security deserve, deserve neither and will neither. lose, will lose yep. both. Sam Good says, hey, ha, hey, how does Ian get things done? If you have to break, break things down to com, uh, complete individu- uh, in, individuality. Tim, you get angry too east? Too easily. Too easily. I'm, guessing. I'm a social liberal and a financial conservative. Okay. Hmm. Depends on get get done what. Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I write it down. People are warning about what's going to happen on the inauguration Sometimes day. I record it on a video. People are posting things online about the twentieth. I think yeah. I think Tim and Ian arguments are becoming a meme in themselves. Well, yeah, <laughs> but that's that's kind of partly the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> Tim reminds me of a lot of people I've known throughout my life. 
Well, it's, it's, it is a meme. Like when you weren't here the other day, people were posting no Ian, no peace. Yeah. And then they were posting free Dude, the code. you should hear us sing together. It's magical. It's great. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's awesome. No, but people were posting free the code in, in chat because you weren't here. It's true. They were and, missing and, Ian. And, like, <laughs> and, and, and the Fed and stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe I radicalized you. Bo- <laughs> sure I say we get code. boxing gloves and a live feed. Yes, let's do it. Oh, Lord. I'm here for it. Oh, God. Dan Orlowski says, the FCC sent out a message stating that broadcast station that they have an obligation to play the messages put out by the emergency alert system. Hmm. Really? I don't know. Wow. Never heard that. Akapot says, Ian, you're way smarter than people give you credit for. You rock, man. Keep it up. Thanks Ooh. to all of you. Keep but it up. I'm just, a, I'm just an amalgam of all the people I know. Your comment on the limitation of right-left is astute. Google political circle. It's not a line. Uh, actually, Gavin McGinnis drew a picture and posted it once, showing the political circle. Yeah. But it's, it, it's just another way to interpret... Um, like certain beliefs in a spectrum, right? If you talk about left and right economically, it's easily aligned. When you talk about uh, tradition versus progress, it's easily aligned. When you talk about authoritarianism, then you can make it a circle because like there are certain groups that align with each other, but based on ideological differences like racism or something, they'll agree completely. Like there are alt-right people who are for universal healthcare and left-wing politics, but they're racist. So it's like their politics, their market ideas are very similar but they have weird, you know, cultural or, ideas. Or like people that want um, Medicare for all, but they're authoritarian about it versus people that want it, but they're libertarian like, about yeah, it. Like, like ban private health insurance versus let people buy private health insurance. It's the authoritarian versus the libertarian. Bernie Sanders says, ban that. Take that away from people. They have no right to choose. That's very authoritarian of it. It is. Yeah. Only the government can give you your health care. The libertarian approach is we will create the option for universal health care, and then you can choose to get private insurance because- then you can have something, you know, supplemental if you can afford it or if you if you need it. I don't see, I don't understand the logic of taking away people's right to choose. That makes no sense. DTR Jr. says radios equal free speech. Bring radio broadcasting back. Okay. Have you considered doing terrestrial? I don't know anything about That'd it. That'd be um, hilarious. Terrestrial. Be I mean, awesome. there, there, there are a lot of pundits. AM do. radio. Yeah. They we're, do terrestrial. Yeah. We were looking at getting a ham radio. Yes. Shortwave radio. Oh, yeah. yeah, we should do that. We'd have to get like a band and then we'd be able to broadcast. Mm-hmm. Good build yeah. There are certain licenses you need, I think. Yeah. yeah. We have way too many super chats today, guys. I'm so sorry. So let's see. Uh, Corey Blair says, WikiLeaks just dumped. Link on Parler. Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to read any of that. Based on what he's saying, because I don't know if it's true, but there's a lot in there. So I don't know if they actually released anything, but, you know, there you go. Oh, more people are saying it. WikiLeaks just dumped all their classified files on Clinton emails. Interesting. Really? I gotta look that up. Wow. Curious now. All right, let's see. Travis Ruiz says, hey, Tim, thanks. I was an active DNC supporter until I saw what you were talking about. Facebook is building a data center in Huntsville, Alabama. The FBI is also also building here. And it's, and then he made an emoji face. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like the Republican Party, hmm. obviously. I don't like the Democrats. I don't. That's why you didn't vote for these people. You know, Donald Trump was different. But not like Donald Trump is necessarily a good president. Uh, look, I, I think in terms of certain issues that I've talked about, particularly war and dealing with critical race theory, he's been a lot better than any president in my lifetime. Like, no new wars. Yep. He's had problems with, with some conflicts, but it's been, you know. Once I found out about the drone war... And his escalation and secretization of the drone wars, I got, I lost a lot of respect for Donald Trump. And that was only like a few months ago when I was talking to Luke about it on the show. I didn't realize that he had secretized uh, government authorization of drone strikes now. It's like on the high command of the military. Dan Scope says, Order 66 has been called. The Jedi, defender of law and order, have become enemies of the Republic and must be removed. 
Next step is transfer emergency powers to the chancellor to get us through the crisis. I just watched Revenge of the Sith the other, Sith the other night. Man, it's so different watching that movie now that I'm older. I can't remember. When, when did that come out? Like 2000s? 2001 is when the first one came the pre, out. The first prequel? Yeah. But man, the dialogue is so corny and like oddly oh, acted. I mean, what's his name? George Lucas? Just not a good dialogue writer. We're, I don't yeah. think so. And, the, and his directing, making him act that way was weird. But but it is, uh, 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 I don't know, I, I think it's an interesting, you know, uh, analog in a sense or analogy. Like... Order 66, they're now purging people. I wouldn't necessarily call the people being purged Jedi, you know, because it's, it's you know, it's, it's nuanced politics Maybe here. force sensitive? No. Well, depending on who's getting banned, you could say that there are people who are perspicacious. What's that mean? Uh, an, an acuteness to comprehension of reality, like... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, like can, perspective, yeah. Right, yeah, perspicacious. Yes, uh, let's see. Nate Hammer says removal from office after impeachment requires 67 senators, two thirds to vote for it. That's right. So a simple majority would not be enough. It's not going to happen. I mean, I really don't think so. There are people posting something. I've seen some some Democrats post this. They said uh, something to the effect of Josh Hawley and these and these uh, other you know Republican Congress uh, members of Congress will gladly accept a Trump fundraiser down the line. And I'm like, yes, they will. But they, what they're trying to imply is it's a bad thing that must be stopped. What, what do you mean Trump fundraiser? Like in the future, Trump will hold a fundraiser for political candidates. Oh. And then they'll go and shake his hand and all his supporters will be there. And some, some outlets have said he'll be a kingmaker. He'll choose the winners and losers when it comes to the Republican Party because they love Trump. And the argument from, the, from these people who are posting about it is that it's a bad thing that must be stopped. That they can't. How do we? What, what did ABC say? ABC wrote an article saying, how do you cleanse the Trump movement, huh. you know, from, from the Republican Party or whatever? Yeah, that's. Scary That's language. Nightmare. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Key Lowe says, if they expel all the senators and reps that supported Trump, how do you think the states they represent will react? Mm, secession. Tech, no taxation without representation. If they expel representatives from a state that supported Trump, that would be crazy. The senator. There's no representation for the state. It would be outrage. Well, would... And what were you talking about before about sort of the governmental um, sort of check that they're doing on people's beliefs with cops oh luke brought that up luke brought that up okay well i'm just looking at my twitter sorry i was distracted there was something going on a thousand followers just now mass purge going on it's crazy but you were you were saying that like the cops are going to be vetted now they're going to go and check them uh well there was a new report that the uh capitol police officers will be investigated for ties with white supremacy after debbie washerman schultz congresswoman released a statement saying that she thinks that there was insider uh it was an inside job that, that yeah, she <laughs> wait. wait she thinks it. the U.S. Capitol was an inside job. No, she thinks that there was officers who helped people get in. They did. It's um, on video. And she thinks that some of them had ties to some of the protesters. And now we're getting information that all, all the officers will be investigated for quote ties of white supremacy. But what does white supremacy mean? We've exactly. heard that argument. Before. We've heard people called Nazis for for just the simplest, smallest, littlest microaggressions. So again, who knows. I'm seeing rumors that Cloudflare has removed 4chan, but Jeez. I'm not, I, I haven't able to, I, I saw it earlier, I wasn't able to confirm it. 
Cloudflare, that's like Amazon Web Service, right? It's another, They're like a, a CDN. This is, that, is, this is slowly becoming content like delivery China sure. when it comes to their control of the internet. Uh, if you look at what happens when a small group of people control the internet, you essentially have China. Then you essentially have the social credit score. Then you essentially have them literally using American Twitter to talk about how great it is that Uyghur women are no longer baby-making machines and that it's great for gender equality that they have pretty much essentially concentration I mean, camps for them. It's so important to contextualize how the rest of the world is looking at us right now. Yeah. Like, okay, yes, people are probably disgusted with what happened at the Capitol, but like people in oppressive authoritarian government regimes are looking at this censorship and like being like, what are you doing? I mean, they, our problems are just so much less than what's going on in, in these countries where they can't even go on the internet at all. And we're ban our co our companies, our private companies, are banning people from the internet. We we we've got major major breaking news. I don't know if you guys saw this earlier, but Olive Garden put out a statement about Sean Hannity and banning him from the Never Ending Postable. His oh, viscous no. attacks. Uh, uh, we have we have a statement from Sean Hannity saying, "I never signed up for Olive Garden's Never Ending Pasta Pass." Hannity says it's fake news. How can you ban someone from something they didn't have? I don't, I don't think Olive Garden ever actually said it. I think someone made a graphic because it was hilarious. This idea, like, they misspelled we're... vicious. Oh, in, what in the to viscous? Yeah, oh, to viscous. everyone was mocking it. Matt Taibbi was mocking it. Interesting. That's like uh, who got banned from some service from like Monkey something they didn't have Mailchimp. Yeah, who yes. got banned from Mailchimp? Oh, Enrique, Enrique yeah, he didn't even have a Mailchimp. Yeah, he said they just they claimed it because activists claimed he did. So then they announced they banned him, even though he was never yep. with the service. Yeah. Let's see. Airsoft Master says, hey, Tim, if Google, Facebook and Twitter kind of companies keep heading the way they are going in regards to limiting speech, do you think we will ever be able to backtrack to before all of this or is it to the point of no return? Look, if you only ever ban more and more people, then eventually there's no more people left to ban. And it'll be Jack Dorsey sitting in a small room going like, I think um, um, there's my opinion is bad. I'll ban myself. And then I'll just like, that's it. Echo then, chamber. Then, 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 then it's an empty server with nobody in They're it. They're going to build AI for you to interact with. If you want a social network where they're still populated, it'll just be a bunch of artificial... Bots. I'm wondering when they're going to build Love Simulator, <laughs> the video game. Some people say TikTok was allegedly doing that, but who knows? Wow. Yeah. When you ban everybody, then nobody is banned. I guess technically that doesn't work because then nobody will be on the platform, but imagine Twitter just bans everyone. And then you, what, what happens when the left can't actually get to an argument anymore? So they start going to parlor because they've started doing it. They actually go there and they, and then they, they post screenshots laughing about, you know, owning the cons or whatever and like the stupid things they post. And I'm like, there you go. So it'll be like, it'll be like digital drive by arguments where like Twitter will be left wing and parlor will be right wing. <gasps> oh. And then someone on Twitter will go to parlor and then say something, screenshot it, and go back to Twitter and post it. <laughs> it looks like they banned Rush Limbaugh. Whoa. Yeah. Twitter so, did? Yep. Good times. Yeah, he's totally gone. I don't think we're ever going to be able to go back to where we were. No way. We'll be able to move forward to a different dimension, like a different way of internet. Like, I don't think the centralized proprietary services are going to be the future of social it's media. Change. Yeah, it, it'll be more of a you know decentralized. I like this R weave block blockchain, um, you know, mesh net. Type. I think there is a large group of people who do want to talk to people who are different from them and, you know, rational Democrats, Republicans, people on the left or right who want to go and find someone that's different from them. 
there's a pocket of people that exist like that, it's probably a small group. That's more what we're trying to do on minds.com. Have the conversation cross spectrum, be open to both sides, not just, not just one side or the other, but you know, it is definitely, you know, you can either ride the divide and that's what all of these big networks are doing. And that's what some alternatives are doing. Or, you know, you can try to bridge people together, but it's way harder. We got a super chat here from Chris- Christopher Yager. He says, Tim vastly overestimates the degree to which the right would be using social media and internet to organize in a civil war scenario. Not necessarily. I just think it's a powerful tool. But with that being said, there's a really interesting story I read once that uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but I read it in the context of nonfiction. I think it was in a magazine or something or some website. They talked about how there's, you know, modern warfare, and then there's the archaic forms of warfare we used to have. And they were doing a training scenario where they brought in a retired, you know, general or high-ranking officer to lead a group to do a war game scenario against the current, you know, uh, you know, military, the modern warfare. And the modern group, with all their new technology and everything, lost to rudimentary and old-school tactics and technologies. And what they did was the, the linchpin for how the retired guy defeated the modern army was that the modern groups were relying on digital technology for communication. And so the old school guy slipped a note into the pocket of a guy in a motorcycle to trans- transfer the orders. And they didn't know how to track what was being done or what they were saying or where they were going to do. And they were trying to monitor communications through radio. And it was just a guy in a bike with a note in his pocket, gave him the orders and then took him by surprise. I don't, it could be just an apocryphal story about, um, not forgetting your fundamentals. Maybe it's not true, but it was a real, it was a much, much, much longer story about like a war game. Maybe someone online has heard that story before, but it's really interesting because mm-hmm. it makes sense. You get, te- you get caught up in what you expect and you ignore the simple, the simple solutions. So yeah, ham radio. People talked about that and ham internet. You guys know about that? No. There's like, I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but people using ham radio to get really like, you know, some oh, yeah. internet signals. Yeah, but so it's real slow, data. but you can right. send like characters and text and stuff. Yeah. Using him, yeah. Yep. Dennis Attic says, Luke, where did you get your shirt? Hmm. Oh, what's well, such a nice, great question. question. Really appreciate that. Yes, you could get my shirt on wearechange.org forward slash shirts. And they go towards keeping me free and independent and here. So thank you guys so uh-huh. much for uh, wearing, you know, buying and wearing my shirts. It means a lot to me. Dennis also says, Tim, would you would make my day if you said, I am a gorilla in a deep voice. <laughs> uh, I did my best. Um, we do have the I am a gorilla shirt coming. It is done. It's on the Teespring store. In the description below is the link to the Teespring store. It should be there. You should be able to see it. And then YouTube has a separate approval process. And then once it's there, we'll feature it. And then the next one coming is the I am a gorilla. Love yourself. See, you know, the shirts we're making are silly, like me with a bubble pipe saying harumph. And Luke's got these very serious, like, the world, the apocalypse is here and we're all doomed. Essentially, but they sell pretty good. And I think it's 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 a great way to meet people. That's I mean, when I, when, when I wear the shirt, um, especially the toilet paper one, I have one that talks about the pyramid of control. And on top is the toilet paper manufacturers. Yeah. It starts conversations. <laughs> and then underneath is the Illuminati. And then underneath is the CIA and the media. Paper. But but again, it Big. starts conversations, which is important because then you could see someone is a part of your tribe. Someone is thinking the way you are and it's a great way to build a community i mean when i'm walking around people like man i love that shirt i love that hat and and i'm able to talk to them and know someone in the community that that is thinking the way that i am so it's a great way of bringing people together garhant says tim the military one is the millennium challenge 2002 and it's lieutenant general paul van riper i'm sure i got a lot of the story wrong because it's like 2002 i probably haven't read it in a long time but that's the gist of it so i'll look into that to see if that's the story because it was a really cool story when i read it Let's see. Scott uh, Brumley 
says, any truth to Google and Apple banning the Parler app? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Apple's done it yet, but I know Google has. Uh, yeah. And you, oh, we already talked about that. Mines has been through this before. Yeah. You have to basically, I, I, to, if you, to the, to the parlor people, here's my recommendation for how to get out of the Google thing. Uh, well, e- email them and say, Hey, did you see? Well, for us, we got banned because of an explicit image of a woman naked. It was behind, a, like- it was behind a blur. And I just emailed them back after six months and I was like, you realize Twitter has full porn. <laughs> and, uh, and they were like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I think you just got to try to, you got to find someone inside. Honestly, it's the only way. But like, they were accusing you guys of like not moderating or something. Yeah. But you do moderate. Yeah, we do. Of course. Yeah. It's so yeah, weird. We, we have like that's deep that's the- NSFW filtration tools. And I, I don't know if Parler has that, but you need that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Parler has pretty strict rules. Yeah. I thought I thought they, well, were... they used to be more strict. They were doing like right. FCC policy. That's, that's what I thought they were doing. But then they switched. Oh, okay. yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, it was people were getting banned for like not that crazy. Like it was worse than Twitter. Like you know? swearing. Yeah, they were banning people for like dropping f bombs in comments. Wow. Yeah, because it was FCC broadcast standard, oh, and it wow. made sense. Like I got the idea. I don't think it makes sense. No, I, I mean, like someone had the idea. Like I know. What if we use a TV standard that way? People have they can say things you can't say on. Twitter, but we're still having moderation. That should be satisfactory because the TV does it. Like you can you can turn on TV shows and they. I, I'll tell you this: Cobra Kai, right? Hmm. You guys ever see Cobra Kai? Yeah. A little bit. Mm-hmm. I watched the first season; it was awesome. I just stopped watching after that because you know I don't really watch a whole lot of TV. But they said things in that show I can't say on YouTube. But it was a YouTube original on YouTube. How does that make sense? Pre-vetted. That's crazy. I like the guy that plays Johnny. He's a good actor. Yeah, it's a good show. It's a good show. TJL431 says, I'm just joining and I know it's late, but have you discussed Google has taken down Parler? It doesn't work on my Android anymore. Wait, it doesn't work on your Android? I know you can't go to the store and, and get it anymore. It wasn't working because it was overloaded. So Lauren says, Tim, you said to buy Ethereum and the price jumped 0.15%. <laughs> well, Jeez. just before the show, we were talking about crypto, like before we went live and Bill was like, oh, Ethereum, man, you got to buy it. And I was like, you think I should? And you're like, oh, yeah. And I was like, okay. And then I bought it. So then we were talking about crypto. I was like, you know, Bill mentioned buying Ethereum. I have Ethereum. I'm not a big fan of talking a lot about crypto, but uh, it, it needs to be talked about. But the risk is there's a lot of people who try and like talk about something because they want the price to go up. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. Can you like explain that. the proof of work to proof of stake that they're doing? Yeah. So, I mean, Ethereum is proof of work like Bitcoin. Now, all the miners are running around the world and basically securing the network and the miners are earning money from the, that process, but they're moving towards more of a proof of stake. So you can, you, you will in the future be able to mine Ethereum on your oh, laptop. Oh, I see. So you can stake your 32 ETH on your laptop and it, it, it's it, more it, decentralized, it, theoretically more secure, but some people like proof of work. Bitcoin is, is, you know, it basically, the big daddy. So it, it basically just means like mining is the way Bitcoin produces coins. Ethereum is it's the same currently, but, but, but it's, it's going to be transitioning. By holding a certain number of the coins, you facilitate the Ethereum network. Is that but you have to stake them into the protocol and run right, a program right. on your computer. Oh. Yeah. Is that, but that, that takes up energy and costs money? Yeah. Well, I mean, like can, but you can run it on a laptop. Like the thing with Bitcoin see, mining, yeah. you need serious equipment to be able to have it what have is the cost program benefit. Called? It's just the, the ETH protocol. The ETH, like an ETH full node. Hmm. Yeah. You have to explain it to me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You are so, oh, and basically you earn interest. So you earn like 6% a year by staking your ETH. And you need 32 of it. Yeah. And okay. what do you, where do you need to put it in order to start staking it? I'm honest. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, all, you get all, 6%. Yeah, you get 6 That's huge. Yeah. And there's actually a, a cool, this is a, a little bit of a name drop, but per, particularly for Bitcoin, you can earn interest at this 
uh, site BlockFi. This guy Anthony Pompliano is on on their board. He's definitely anyone check interested in Bitcoin, check out Palm. He's an yeah. animal. He's amazing. Um, I went on his podcast a couple years ago. But BlockFi, you can earn interest on your Bitcoin and ETH just by holding it there. How now, granted, I'm not necessarily recommending that because you're putting custodial custody oh, with them. Right, but it's right, this, right. I mean, Gemini and Coinbase, you're giving them custody. So right. the beauty of crypto is you can hold on your own device. You know, Ian, you were saying you got a ledger, yeah, which is great. You can do that, put into cold storage, and so you can have sovereignty, or you can use these services that can give you interest. But with ETH, it's moving towards more of like decentralized finance and these pro- there's all these protocols like Uniswap and whatnot where you can plug into and earn interest by providing liquidity. And it's like a whole new financial system that is, is blowing up. There's even like decentralized like insurance protocols and lending protocols. So, you know. Have you considered doing it with the Mines token? Mines is an Ethereum-based token. And it's on, yeah, it is. Cool. We, we are doing that, yeah. So you'll so, be able to earn interest in mines tokens by storing it and by staking it? You will be able to in the future. Excellent. Wait, really? Look at this guy. He's got a smirk on his face when I said that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not out yet. <laughs> right, right, That's right. a teaser. That's a teaser. Where but definitely we... check out mines.com slash token if you want to learn more about or that. Or mines.com, uh, yeah. you know, which is a platform you can use for social media as the great purchase. Yeah, bonus. and our whole thing has been to help pay people. And we're doing rev shares as well with Mines Plus. Minds.com slash plus. We're taking 25% of the revenue of the company and proportionally sharing it with all of the users who submit content to that. Wow. And yeah, so, you know, fiat, that's the biggest, crypto. That's the biggest thing that, that helps, you know, uh, YouTube maintain its position is that it's where you can have a job. It's where you can make money. So that's the big challenge. Most of, the, most of these networks can't handle it. Google subsidizes it. Absolutely. That is the amazing thing about YouTube. I mean, maybe they, crypto they, will be the key. Maybe, maybe the value of crypto is going to go up so much that you see makes a new. Yeah. New the account. library token went from like two cents to 10 cents in like the last couple months. I can imagine as the mines utility token starts to gain. Well, how, what's, what's the trajectory of the mines utility token? What's your plan for the next couple of years for it? Coming soon. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but, Ooh. but you can buy it. Somebody just made a comment. Steven Vuro says, just sold my Ethereum and will buy Twitter options. Puts, Twitter will tank soon. Let's make some money, boys, and lids. I, I don't know I if that was a good bet. <laughs> I don't, listen, I don't have any stock in Twitter, but I wouldn't be surprised if Twitter tanks with, with Trump being gone. And, and maybe it's not thousands of people being censored. Maybe it's thousands of people leaving. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, the Trump's gone, so they're like, I'm out. Yeah, like, I didn't even want to mention it? Twitter earlier in the show just because of all this, what we're talking about today. I was like, tweet me out. Ugh, I feel so dirty. This is, the, you know what? Exactly. All the, you feel all better the, when listen, you leave. Come come to the... Oh, I'm on mine. Yeah. All the Trump reply guys, people who built careers off of waiting for Trump to tweet to say something dumb, they're out of jobs. Yep. All of these journalists, there was one journalist from BuzzFeed. She tweeted that my mornings were haunted by Trump, who at 5 a.m. my phone would buzz and I'd have to see what it was. Well, you are now being relieved of duty. Congratulations, <laughs> Trump is gone. You don't all have to wake up early in the morning when Trump tweets. I feel bad for some of these journalists. They're not all the Trump haunting, you know, rage bait. There's like some legit reporters who are like, they're going to make me write about this, aren't they? This is so mm-hmm. dumb. And they're going to be like, look, people want to know what Trump is saying. It's all over. It's gone. Dude, Trump's I love the Twitter. idea that people are going to chase him to <laughs> some they other sure network are. just to complain about him. Yep, yes. that's what's going to happen. Dude, I worry about his mental health. 
I'll be honest. I, I feel like yeah. he, he he gets he gets bullied hard, and he is a bully, and so he he asks for it full out. But like the way that people treat him, it's like it's like your family member who you just like their attitude. There's something about them that you just can't talk yeah. to them because they're so annoying, and they just always need to win. He's he is that, well, but at the same time, it's just like people need to realize that 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 that's his personality, and just yeah. get over it. Well, he's also on social media a lot. And anyone who's on social media and doesn't take a break, that has an effect on your mental well-being. I always recommend, and I always do this personally myself, once a year, at least take one week or two weeks, no cell phone, nothing. No Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram, no e-thoughting, nothing. Two weeks, clear. Somebody just made a comment. We were talking about this earlier. Aurora Diaz says, in Rwanda, the media called on the public to kill their Tutsi neighbors and the moderates that defended them. Are we heading towards genocide? You know what's funny? People people always think it can't happen here. And I was reading about, uh, you mentioned this before the show, Ian, the Jews fleeing Germany. Yeah. And uh, I was reading about a lot of them did. A lot of a lot of Jews in Germany left once they saw things getting crazy. I used to wonder, why didn't they all just leave before mm-hmm. when they saw it getting crazy? And I, I, I don't, I'm not a historian or anything, but I was reading an article that said they thought it can't happen here. And so they just... But Didn't. dude, if Don Lemon, no offense, Don, I'm not, not parrying you, but if someone went on the news and said that to go kill people, it would happen. That's crazy that people would go out there and hunt them down. It's the people are that Listen, animalistic. Look, when, when, when Cuomo is on, is, is CNN is, is, is basing their ratings, like predicating their strategy upon demonizing 75 million people, they know they've lost the audience and they've given up. So instead of saying, let's make a network that is more balanced so we can communicate to as many people as possible to make money, they said, now we're not going to get those people, just get the others. What happened was the polarization started getting so extreme that networks started picking a side that would make them money. Because the center don't pay that well. Let's be real. That is the problem. That's honestly our, the, the demon that haunts us. It's like we're trying to play the center role and not polarize. But people love the drama. They well, the, love the, the last, extremes. Well, the algorithms love it too, and they incentivize yeah, it. Yeah, and I've been funny. saying you have to train yourself yeah. to want to see yeah. people's opinion on the other side. It's actually yeah. a, a reflex I've, that you have to build. I've always followed left and right. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the biggest problems they have. The left doesn't follow the right. The right follows the left. That's a common theme we see on major social platforms. Yep. And so I'll see BuzzFeed writers tweet about Trump, and then I'll see a Trump supporter tweet about Trump, and I'll be like, Ah, I see what they're saying. And then when I tweet, the craziest thing is I'll tweet something like, you know, Ted Cruz condemned the violence and called for reconciliation. And then AOC immediately responded with, you should be expelled and resigned. But the left doesn't see what the right is talking about. And they're like, but AOC is right. He should be. And I'm like, yes, you're part of the, you're the problem. The, that, yeah. the demand for escalation. And what's really interesting is even during Obama's first administration, when he was still the hope and change guy, end the wars, bring back privacy for the individuals, I had a subsection of my audience that was like, just admit it. You should be an Obama supporter. You should. I was like, no, some of the things he's saying and promising is, is good, but it won't happen. Same thing with Donald Trump. Trump. People are like, just right. support Donald Trump. Just do it. I'm like, no. He's sitting down with Kissinger. I criticized him throughout his presidency, but now people are like, he fired not doing <laughs> anything. They're not doing anything regarding Joe Biden. There is right. no spirit of hope and change. There is no spirit of of people that baseline support him. So it really, really, really makes you wonder what's going on. He's the meh president. Yeah. Very no, sure. I think uh, it works out really well for the far left. They didn't like Trump. They don't like the populist right. They were able to get rid of the populist right while putting in a very weak president 
which they say is easier for them to overthrow. So what, what they did was they created a universal, uh, you know, an enemy for the populist faction. But he didn't sound weak today when he compared U.S. representatives. Actually, no, he did. He did. He actually did. He weak? Was, you he, think that was weak? He was mumbling and like, you know. He always uh, mumbles. But he, when doesn't he, listen, he mumble? Him sounding weak isn't the issue. It was the demonization. It was and very it was the, strong words. It was strong words yeah. presented by a very old, feeble man. Indeed. But you were reading them, not hearing them. What the journalists do is they translate for Biden. Joe Biden could say like, you know, I went down, I, I went down, uh, I, you know, the, the, the sh- I, I went down the shop. Uh, I was at the shop. And then the, the article will say, quote, I was at the shop. They cut out all the struggling. And then, and then they say, but he has a stutter. It's like, come on, dude. That's not stuttering when you when you say the things he's saying. The speeches he was given just a few years ago compared to the speeches now, you see a big, yeah. big difference. It's stark. Big time. So, yeah. look, the rhetoric is they, they bring up Rwanda and the Tutsi and stuff. You know what, man? We're not there right now, but they've been saying for a long time to kill the Nazis. And Twitter allows this. Do they and say that? Kill them? Yes. Really? Yes. That explicitly. That's like illegal, constitutionally well, illegal, it started right? with punch. Mm. Punch, right. yeah, I remember that. And so the, 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 the issue is, when I was on with, you know, it was two years ago now, with, with Joe and Jack, there was a tweet from Antifa explicitly advocating for violence, and I said, this has been reported hundreds of times probably, so it won't be removed. And, and then Joe pulls it up, and it's like, oh yeah, wow. They're like explicitly telling people to go take an action and go do something illegal. Twitter won't remove it. So what happens when it's not so much about people going on TV and doing it, but on Twitter, they're literally doing it right now. I bet you can go on Twitter, you can pull it up, you'll find it. And then what happens is they're going to start saying, and they've already been saying that Trump supporters are Nazis. Trump Trump is Hitler. And so what happens when they go on and they say, it's not your Tootsies, they say it's the Nazis. Right. They go on the media and say, you have to go, you know, stop these people before it's too late. So... So if you say to go to kill a type of person, and then you say that guy is that type of person, you're essentially saying. But Twitter allows it. Is it not constitution? I have faith. Well, I'll tell you this. I bet if you if you posted, you know, to take action against a communist, you'd be nuked in two seconds. But Nazis different. It's the Brandenburg test. The Brandenburg test is the is the uh, legal precedent for imminent violence. What is it? It's just. Is it imminent or not? Yeah. And that means, is it true? You said it was changed now to, is it a true threat of violence? Yeah, it seems to be sort of changing. In ter- the, I think in, a, in the state law of Pennsylvania, they were using the language true threat, but the Supreme Court precedent is the, is the Brandenburg test. Whether or not they're actually telling someone to do something right now. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. Well, we can take a couple more super chats, see what's going on over here. People are talking about Rush, Lim- uh, Rush Limbaugh getting suspended. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Woody would like me to read his super chat. Let me see if I can find it. Woody. So, look, I, I apologize to a lot of people. When we get slammed with super chats, <sighs> it's it's huge. And it, and then we can't actually track everything. So I'll try and see if I can find this super chat. And when you have thousands, it just becomes... It's really a lot difficult. tonight. You're Thank you, guys. Oh, here we go. Woody says, Tim, I understand nonviolent civil disobedience. But the point of 2A, to bear arms, is to provide that check on government tyranny. My question is, when is such action necessary? A misguided attempt from the mostly peaceful protesters, for sure, but where's the line? Um, we, we had Vosh on the show, and he mentioned Nazi Germany. 
And I think everybody would agree if they're rounding people up onto trains to bring them to concentration camps to be, you know, max genocided, you'd probably have to fight back. You have no choice. The crazy thing is they didn't know where those trains were going. Yep. And then we have that bill coming out of New York. The, have you seen this one? Was it a, 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 A14 or something like that? Mm-hmm. That says that they can remove and detain people suspected of having contact with someone who may have a con- communicable disease. Like, that's how... Any disease. Now, it's not passed, but it's been introduced. Mm. Basically, it would allow Cuomo the power, and anyone has signs the power, to remove anyone without legit cause. Now, of course, the bill says they must have clear and present evidence of a communicable, you know, public health threat, epidemic, or contagion, contagion or whatever. What does that mean? It means they're going to be like, your delivery guy tested positive for COVID, so you are coming in the truck. Yeah, and like, where is the truck going? They didn't, that's the thing, that the Jews didn't know. They were like, hey, we're going to put you on trains and take you to a resort. They were telling them we're going to take you to like another town or another place to set you up. They didn't tell them they were going to go take them, throw them in ovens. So... Yeah, maybe they should have used weapons to defend themselves, but they didn't know that that's... And that's and that's the problem. What happens when someone comes to your house and says, we'd like you to come with us, sir, and you just say, okay. So that, that's it's tough. I don't know, man. It's crazy that it's almost the perfect storm of, of reasons and rationale. You, you Like, with, with all the COVID stuff, all of the political as well, it's like there's these two major reasons that people are sort of getting isolated into these groups and... It's it's crazy that both are happening at the same time. Yeah. Well, I think it's fair to say it's going to get worse, not just because of the political collapse of the right, but because of the oncoming tsunami of financial consequences that are going to be there because of the lockdowns, because yeah. of this kind of larger idea of the Great Reset, which the Biden administration is going to be pushing, admittedly. So that's John another. Kerry said it. Yeah, John Kerry, a part of Joe Biden's administration, admitted that the Great Reset is going to come faster and quicker than many people expected, and it's going to be done under the Joe Biden administration. So when that happens, that's going to be another major ramification. The major efforts to take away people's Second Amendment is going to be another major clash point, and we're headed towards a trajectory that is really really dangerous for everyone even if you're in the middle especially and again not just even if you're in the middle to the people on the left as well it's going to be against anyone not toting the official line not loving the government not being obedient to them in every possible way so So keep that in mind we had somebody comment saying that it was really easy to you know advocate for peaceful nonviolence or uh, nonviolence of disobedience when you haven't had your life destroyed by the lockdowns and all that stuff and that's a fair point, except, you know, a, f- a fair point in terms of the stress. I just don't think what they did at the Capitol will actually make things better. It'll make things worse. It'll justify the lockdowns. Like Gretchen Whitmer said, when they protested the lockdown, she goes, well, now we got to extend the lockdowns because you all came outside. That's what you get. So I guess what I advocate for is self-sustainability and independence and security. Protect yourself, protect your family and your friends, learn how to survive and be self-reliant. Try and get away from the cities to the best of your ability. But I do feel that, you know, with, with uh, the talk from Fauci and Bill Gates about this extending into 2022, going through another, what, year and a half or two years of this, I think that statement alone is them telling us they intend for violence. Because they know. We've seen the mass rioting already. Now on both sides, the rage that came from this, this lockdown. Also, that, that would be in, 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 not in, um, that would insinuate that they're going to print like another thirty oh, trillion yeah, dollars. The yep. Money, yep, and then if they if they're saying the go lockdowns crypto, a lot are it, going to well, well, specifically they said new normal, you know, we'll we'll be in this normalcy won't come back for, until twenty twenty two. 
which means, yes, people either are going to get their stimulus checks or they're going to get crazy. Yep. It's almost like UBI is here. Yeah. To a degree. Like they might just keep doing it on a regular basis. And the idea might be by giving people a UBI, but but taking away their ability to work and produce things, you end up with people only being able to buy bare necessities. It's almost like they view they if I were to imagine it being on purpose, I'm not saying it is, but it's almost like trying to sweat out a fever. You ever hear that? You know, you you you, you get you get a fever, so you throw all the blankets on and just sweat as much as you can to just. End but then it. you got to rinse that salt off your skin. Well, so the idea would be, they think the world is being depleted of resources, and it, it's true to an extent. It is, and there's there's fishery collapses, and there's insect population collapses, and some really scary stuff going on. They fear climate change. And now the Great Reset explicitly talks about this. And so the idea is simple. Smother everyone, give them only just enough to survive, to, to eat, and recalibrate them. That's what they mean by the reset. Interesting. So everybody says they don't care about the movies. Verizon tweeted the other day, do movie theaters have a place in the new normal? And I quoted and I said, this is a really weird tweet. It's really weird. They deleted it. It was really weird. Yeah. Um, and I think most people said no. Yeah, it was a Twitter poll. So ultimately, they will probably have lockdowns going on for a few years. They'll give people only just enough, and it'll be fought over relentlessly in Congress. And then I think some people will snap. If the left doesn't get their $2,000 per month, they'll snap. If the right sees the country printing and just essentially devaluing the dollar like crazy, and then they can't run their businesses and fulfill their own lives and purposes and have freedom, they'll snap. So... I'm not optimistic about the future unless everything comes back to normal, which is probably not going to happen. I don't think so. We're $28 trillion deficit or uh, close 27.7 trillion right now, closely approaching 28 trillion. They had to print like 6 trillion this year in order to match that. It would have to be more next year because the dollar is worth less. So you're looking at at least like Uh, 10 trillion next year, but that, and, but we haven't, we're not lockdown this whole year. So it'd be like, 10 to 12 trillion next year and then that would extrapolate into 2022 to like another 18 or 20 trillion so like your dollar might be worth it's not just three times less it's like we should we should open the show with a debt clock calculator uh, no. every time it's put depressing. it in the corner pop, pop it up like the smash the like button thing, the, the federal debt clock. No. the federal debt to gdp is now no. at 130.51 percent 130 it. it was at 126 two weeks ago yeah 124. And then uh, Joe Biden announced his economic team today and his larger economic plans of spending more money an immediate, to help deal an with immediate, this. He says an immediate $2,000 stimulus check. To every person? To every yeah. 200 yeah. million people? Um, 330. Because they give kids, they give money for kids. So like if, you, if you're a family of five, you, your wife, and then all your kids get compensation. I think kids will get less. That's so like, you know, a couple hundred bucks per kid. But what is that going to do when the dollar's worthless? People who have bought Bitcoin will, in the land of the collapsed dollar, the man with Bitcoin is king. So that's like $600 billion a month is what they're looking at. $2,000 a month Dude, is what they're looking at. I mean, Ilan Omar has called for $2,000 a month. Think about the, the mass amount of money they're printing every month if that was the case. I think Canada implemented a kind of similar system. I have to look that up, though, to be what's, honest what's, with you. What's interesting is a lot of people are saying, you know, the other day I mentioned I bought Bitcoin, and they're like, Tim's buying the top. You know, you should wait till it goes down. And I'm like... Well, you can look at the massive spikes of Bitcoin in the past, where it's broken all-time high, broken all-time high, and then it does fall down. I think Bitcoin may go down as possible, but I also think those dips didn't happen uh, right around the time. Uh, th- those dips didn't happen right after a bunch of people stormed into the U.S. Capitol building, and there was an, a, a 
chaotic transition and mass purging on social media and 66% of all U.S. dollars being printed in one moment. So I kind of think people and are buying Bitcoin in fear. You have Mass Mutual, an insurance company, putting $100 million of their treasury into Bitcoin. No, You have really? Fidelity. You have MicroStrategy, a publicly traded company, putting $500 million of their tra- corporate treasury in because it is digital gold. Yeah. The, Ian, you mentioned the crypto market cap is now a trillion. The market cap of gold is $9 trillion. We're going there. Bitcoin is eating the financial system. It is the new printing press and Elon Musk, one of the world's, if not the world's richest man hinted at even investing in it with Tesla. I'd like to to tell everybody something, okay? Uh, What was it, 2012? Bitcoin was at, what, like a dollar? You could have walked outside. Excuse me, sir. Might I have a dollar from you? I will pay you back. Sure. I don't care. Keep the dollar. Okay. Bought one Bitcoin and then just walked away. You'd have $40,000 right now. 40000 You could buy a Tesla with one Bitcoin. You could buy a Tesla with one Bitcoin. <laughs> There's a... The, it, was, it was... Okay, in November, it was at 13. And it's at 40 now. Hmm. But the thing is, like I said, we are seeing people storm into the Capitol building. We are seeing mass printing of the dollar. It is not the same as it was last time. Some people did sell off when it hit like 42 because it's like, whoa, they get scared. And then I'm like, I'm buying the dip. It's yeah. a big market I mean, money. Out where you can see. How can you have faith in a financial system that literally is just hitting zero on the keyboard? Right. How? <laughs> the, how? One problem with crypto is the entire market is a trillion right now. The entire crypto market cap of the world is one it's, trillion. And so it's going to get really big. The U.S. It, government just printed six trillion. Yep. So they could have bought... For all we know, that market could have been co-opted. Sure. It's being controlled. It probably is by big money. I, I was talking about this. We were talking about this before the show. Yeah. The, the, the likelihood the U.S. had the, the ability to just buy 51% of Bitcoin to control the network. Perhaps. And you mentioned we won't know. And that's a good point. I'll put it this way. I, am, I personally am confident in Bitcoin. And I'll tell you this. If you mentioned, what are these companies? Mutual insurance? Mass mutual. Put in Fidelity. JP Morgan just predicted that Bitcoin will hit like 150K. I think Bitcoin's going to go over a million. I yes. Do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think not, I'm not going to say that I think it's going to happen. I don't know when it'll happen, but I certainly think so. Because if we're talking about 1 trillion market cap for Bitcoin and entropy, meaning a lot of Bitcoin just doesn't exist anymore. It's already out of the supply. 21 a, million caps. It's 1 trillion for the entire, all the cryptos right. combined, not just Oh, all Bitcoin. the cryptos. Yeah. Bitcoin's okay, well, at like 600 or 700 billion. That's, I that's, forget that, what the, that, that actually is better for my point. My point is if these big companies are hedging in Bitcoin, and it's nowhere near enough compared to the size of the U.S. economy, then Bitcoin has to become worth more because of the finite amount of Bitcoin available. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Bitcoin's an inferior coin and it's only super valuable because it's popular. No, For, first it, and best dressed. Yeah, that, a lot of people have said that. It, it, it is the, the fairest system that we have. What about Litecoin? It's a fork of Bitcoin. I know. And it's, yeah. like, they, they, it's like 86 million coins, so... They, they they used to say Litecoin was the silver to Bitcoin's gold. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm more just bullish on ETH and and Bitcoin particularly. When Ethe- mostly Bitcoin. When Ethereum came out, it was people were like, "This is a revolution." It was like Bitcoin was a re- was a revolution, and Ethereum is like a revolution on top because the the, the smart contracts, the the program programmability of Ethereum essentially. Bitcoin mm-hmm. was like the Bible. When the printing press came out, it revolutionized, and the first thing it printed was the Bible to show that it was a revolution. Bitcoin is the Bible. It's the first printing on yeah. this new revolution of the blockchain. 
The blockchain is the printing press. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of these like altcoins. These other, yeah. you know, I think it's silly. And that's why um, I do have a couple like on my website. You can you know, donate some couple addresses. There's a lot of scams out there. There's also a lot of predatory behavior. You have to be aware of that. And you always have to be super careful. And it could go back the other way. It's it's a new it technology. It will go back the other way. And it could be used to track, trace, database, and spy on you. And some people even believe it's a honeypot. Who knows? Is it, that's another well, that's point why there are, that people And there are privacy hear. coins like Zcash and Monero, which yeah. actually are, are interesting. They just got banned from some U.S. exchanges for like probably surveillance reasons. Yeah, the IRS <laughs> released a statement that they're trying to crack and break down Monero. So that led to a lot of people investing in Monero, uh, essentially. Right. So I saw Ripple got shredded. Well, uh, they're the proprietary, S- dude. And the the CEO yeah. sold 1.6 billion of it without notifying the SEC. I think got in trouble and now. Yeah, I am coin not a fan, I was never a fan of Ripple. Ripple was kind of the big brother, big bank coin, and they got chewed up by the big establishment that they were trying to cozy up to. So so we got we got a funny super chat. Let's read this. Um, Minuteman says. Elon Musk said he's more worried about population collapse than too many people. If you work out the math of population in Earth's livable land, there's not too many people. Yep. P.S. Got pulled over by a cop who's a fan of yours. How did how did that come out? Like you got pulled over? Yeah, and he was listening on the, the podcast. Ether. Yeah, he, like well, or like were you listening in the car? And he was like, "Oh, you're listening to this. Oh, it's nice. Nice. Probably, <laughs> dude. There's a hilarious visualization. Free the code, and then he fist bumps him. <laughs> of uh, of all the humans on Earth in a pile. That was right, like, right, it's right. an actual visualization. Like, you know, it fits in like an area. It's yeah. It, you look up the the visualization of all humans in a pile, please. Do well, there's a well, it's, it's funny. But, but, yeah. but look, the issue is not the livable land. It's the impact of a person per you know, and transportation of goods. Well, so we had on uh, uh, Chris Martinson, mm-hmm. a, a PhD, and he said insect populations are collapsing. And that's the bottom of the food chain. It's going to affect birds. It's going to affect a bunch of other things. And, and we're going to see that. It's going to be bad for us, plus uh, po- pollination of plants. So that's a serious you know, crisis. Yeah. Uh, there's a great video called The Overpopulation is a Myth that brings out some scientific data that kind of suggests a lot of different things that you don't really hear on the mainstream media that people should check out, in my opinion. I think that Elon's boring company is way bigger than people realize right now. I was trying to invest boring in it, company. but I think Tesla owns it. It's still owned mm. by Tesla right now. How boring. Or it's owned by him. It's not public. Um, but once we start living underground, like if we can have livable tunnels, we've just doubled our land space uh, without going very far. Yeah. It or is a beautiful or thing or quintuple. that, that a, a guy trying to move the world to sustainable energy is now the richest man in the world. I and mean, he wants to yeah. do implantable microchips solar- in your head. Yeah, that's the odd part. Yes. <laughs> I don't but think so. They're not chips yet. I think neural, just I think neural it's a health benefit for people no, no. who are struggling. I mean, that's their, one of their use cases. Like, if we had brain-computer interface on the scale of USB, I think it would be amazing. The challenges are encryption security mm-hmm. and making sure that when you plug something into your brain, <laughs> you can't be compromised. Anybody who's a fan of Ghost in the Shell, you guys are familiar with Ghost in the Shell? I haven't seen it. Uh, it, it long story short, in the future, people have cyberized brains. People can hack your brain. So that's a consideration for if you get a neural link. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not saying that uh, I, I think a lot of people get scared of it. Like, I would never get it. And I'm like, well, look. If you were losing your memory. and technolo- it could- Right. Te- technology is neutral. Somebody, if you, have, if you have a parent who has Alzheimer's and they said with neural link, we can use a USB that would act as a memory backup and make sure they, their brain, you know, people would be like, absolutely, yes. Yeah. It's just an issue of security. Technology is neutral. It's the application. And so there are risks for sure. 
Did you see the pig demo of Neuralink? I saw I, just like snippets. I didn't. Oh, yeah. no. There's a pig. Oh, demo. you got to watch there, it. There are three no. pigs with. Yeah. It's the uh, demo. So and far. you can hear the, the, the data. It's uh, read only yeah. right now. So it's just transmitting what the pig's smelling and seeing and showing yeah. you as like. Okay. Oh, what's it? Dolly, I think is her name. I want to Dolly. This was the sheep that they. Oh, Dolly's the sheep. It's like yeah. the Matrix. We, we we got. I, I want. I want. I probably shouldn't read that. I want to read this. Read it. Sparky the Pyro says apparently 4chan is now trying to get everyone to change their name to Donald Trump and use his picture. It's called Ooh. Operation Spartacus. Love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, I can't stop them all. I'm Timothy Hediger says wrong dollar equation. Why? Turnover is at zero. When money turnover goes from one to two, watch out. Hmm. Turnover meaning what? Ex- I don't know. Four three two, four three two si- uh whoa, it's jumping on me. Four three two cycles per second says all Bitcoin maximalists are now Ethereum maximalists because they are not stupid. Also, don't count on the blockchain failing except for solar flare or nuclear war. Interesting. Um, you could also store it in glass in the blockchain in orbit, so maybe a flare wouldn't affect it. I don't know. I don't, DNA. Did, did, did you guys hear this? Uh, Phoenix says Tim, the U.S. seized Pirate Bay's Bitcoin billions worth, and it just moved recently. Look it up. Hmm. Anyone hear about that? Mm-hmm. No. Didn't know that. But if the any all governments who are smart are stockpiling for the purposes of the treasury, and you were saying that there is risk in that, and that there is for sure. I think uh, I've been, I you know, I have some Bitcoin. I wish I bought a way more, you know, back in the day, and I regret not listening to Max Kaiser, Max and Stacy, Max and Stacy. Love them. They, I love that meme. Have fun staying poor, and did it's you, like him drinking a martini or whatever. Did you hear Sean Lennon's uh, intro to their new, their podcast? Oh no, he did. Yeah, one. he made, he did it for them. It's really it's really. <laughs> oh, good. it's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know I'm that was Sean. that was Sean. Yeah, I'm just gonna say yes. it again. If you listen to Max and Stacy, you'd be super rich right now. And if, and if At, you, that's he he was talking about this. Repeats itself. I know, I know. Uh, he's been right about so much for a long time. Yeah, and I'm, this was back in like 2012. He was like, "You gotta buy Bitcoin," and 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 it was like a couple bucks. I love the way he just went for the throat of the banking system after the collapse in 2008. <laughs> Man, he was vicious and just right on about how criminal they were, about the money they took and the Obama bailing them out. We're hoping to get them on the show soon. They don't want to travel for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. but uh, Max and Stacy are amazing. Eventually. We love Max and Stacy. Yeah. And uh, I wish I listened more to them. Yes. They're actually yeah. advisors of mine. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, they're, the, yeah, they're good people. Yeah. Well, you've been on Max's show. Yeah. yeah Max is the if you have the Orange Pill podcast. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you. Uh, oh no no no! It was on his RT show. Oh yeah. yeah I haven't yeah. been on. Do they, that's a new show, The Orange Pill. Are they still doing the RT stuff? I don't know if they are. Yeah. I don't know. They're doing the Orange yeah. Pill podcast, and it's like the Orange Pill. There's a, there's a colored pill for everything, mm-hmm. but it's Bitcoin. Yeah. And uh, I think he's right, man. He's right. Yeah. If you haven't already, smash that like button. We'll we'll do one more. We'll do uh, uh one more super chat here. Let's see. We'll do two more super chats. Mickey the fourth says. There's an amazing channel called Radical Liberation focusing on in-depth analysis of geopolitics doing weekly streams. They recently did an episode on how the scientific theories of overpopulation have been here to justify stuff for 200 years. Must watch. Interesting. We'll check it out. And we'll just do one more. It's the perfect segue as we begin to sign off. Julie Simone says, love the addition of Luke to the show. Hit me up if you need any puppy training tips. Congrats on becoming a dog dad. Oh, thank you. I'm doing a lot of training. It's it's a lot of work <laughs> and uh, yes. keeping up my own independent media organization and coming in here. It's all it's it's a lot of stuff, but uh, we'll see where it goes. The cuddles are worth it. Yes, she wow. is super cute. What does, kind she, of, does she like bite your feet in the middle of the night? Uh, no, we're crate training She's her. Crate, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, that's yeah. good. Right on. You want her to like the crate? Yes. yes. As sick as that yes. sounds. 
But then they grow Love up. Love your cage. They feel like it's their own home, and they yeah. actually prefer yeah, it. And it's better do, yeah. for my friend. It. Um, had a dog that when he would train her, she would bark. He'd grab her throat and pinch it, and then she never barked. Well, you want to use positive reinforcement. So whenever she does something good, like when I call her, she comes to me. I give her a treat. When she potties outside, I give her a treat. You don't want to really use negative enforcement, especially with breeds that are known to attack their owners. You kind of want to keep They them. say that works with humans, too. Uh, you yes, there we go. <laughs> you want to keep things happy so the dog's always happy and always pumped up and always, you know, the tail is wagging. So that's what I've been doing. Maybe I'm making a mistake. Let me know. So yeah. Right on. My friends, smash the like button, subscribe, notification bell. It really, really does help. Engagement is good for, for YouTube. YouTube loves it. And uh, now the fun part. If you want to uh, follow me, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at TimCast, presumably for the time, you know, for, <laughs> for, the ne- for the foreseeable future. But you never know because things are getting absolutely crazy. So you can also check out my other YouTube channels for the time being, hopefully for the foreseeable future. YouTube.com slash TimCast and YouTube.com slash News. And we do the show Monday through Friday live at 8 p.m. So subscribe. Give us a good review on iTunes. It really, really does help. And if you haven't checked us out there, you can check us out on all podcast platforms. Bill, thanks for coming and hanging out. Thanks for having me, man. I love love you guys. Not only do you have social media accounts, you have an entire social media network. Yeah. Yeah. No, Tim Tim is is one of the rock stars over at Mind. So don't forget to shout out Mind's in your little uh, reg. Yes, minds.com Your slash reg yeah. list. You know, it's funny with the little social media ki- icons that people put on their websites, like, you know, the trendy ones. And, you know, you just got to, yes, all the alternatives. Do, do Cover yourself. Cover your own bases, everyone out there. Join them all. Just just do what you can. So minds.com slash Ottman, O-T-T-M-A-N. Right on. Oh, Luke. You sell, um, you sell shirts. You yes, sh- I sell shirts. Shirt I was going to say, check out my uh, small independent mom and pop media organization on uh, the YouTube channel, We Are Change. But I think it's more imperative. You go to wearechange.org and definitely sign up on that email list so we could talk together without some head honcho oligarch standing in the way between me and you. There's also wearechange.org forward slash donate, which you could support my independent voluntary efforts here. And there's like 20 different ways where you could get involved. And I really, really, I mean, I, I got to admit it, like the people you have here, the people you've been able to galvanize, top A, amazing individuals. Top some, a. Of, some of them are like facetious and, and they make a lot of funny comments. But I, I seriously, seriously, one of the best communities that you've been able to foment and build here. Awesome, amazing human beings. Thank you guys so much uh, for uh, for coming to my channel too and checking it out as well and spreading the support and love. It, it, it truly is crucial and important more than ever that we get the word out now. Uh, while we can. Yeah, while we can, yep. Exactly. Oh, well, hello, yeah. Tim. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yes, you can follow me at Ian Crossland at most social networks, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, which I don't really check, Instagram, and Minds, of which I was a co-founder with Bill, uh, and it could be very well the future of social media if we maintain its free software methodology. Also, smash that gorilla and share this. Share this. I don't think Tim mentioned yet to no, share yes. this, but I yes. want to encourage you to share this content because in the day of, you know, computer simulated algorithms that are deciding what people see you still have the power to show people things you like and and ian if every single person who tuned in today shared this we would be bigger than cnn okay no then joke. it's possible shares are more more powerful than ever than ever that's right. right on you can also follow at sour patch lids you can you can follow me on twitter i'm on twitter at sour patch lids sour patch l-y-d-s and Is- uh post random stuff is today Friday? Today is Friday. Wow. Yes. We'll be sir. back Monday. Mm-hmm. I will be uh, uh, back tomorrow morning on my channel over at YouTube.com slash TimCastNews. But we'll be back with the show live 8 p.m. Monday. So again, smash the like button, subscribe, 
Check us out on all podcast platforms. Thanks for hanging out, and we will see you all next time. Bye, guys. Bye.